to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe. It's an amazing night. It's going to be incredible here. I know some of the people who are going to be sharing tonight. In fact, I know Mom. And that's someone new calls in. I don't know all of you. I mean, not know all of you, right? So, yeah. I know some people are going to be calling in tonight. Had some messages. Got an idea of what some things are going to be read. It's going to be fantastic. An awesome way to spend an evening. Best way to spend it is together, right? I want to let you know, if you would like to call in and read tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in and read. want to take care of a couple of things before we get started. want to let you know if you'd like to put together a writer's workshop. I'm not going to go to the whole spiel tonight because I've got a lot to get through, but if you're interested in putting together a writer's workshop with us, shoot me a message on Facebook. If you're not on my contacts list, you can find me under Nyla, first name Nyla, N-Y-L-A, uh, NYLA, last name Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A, shoot me a message, let me know what you want to put together, and we can get that done, pre-recorded or done live or a combination of any of the above. All right, next, I want to take a moment and thank our sponsors, the people who stepped up to the plate and helped cover our 2021 broadcasting license, and those people are Melvin Douglas Johnson, Todd Carter, Vicki Aqua, Sean and Maddie Gullickson, Audrey Michelle, George Wiley, Bart Solarchek, Brad and Darlene Kuhn, Uma Pochapalli, Christy Doherty, Douglas Curry, Eric Sheldman, Karen and Noreen Snyder, Gina Storm, Raymond Bentley, John Kays, Paula Sweet, Timothy Melton, Ronald P. Bremner, Kevin Kraft, Honey Parker, Karen DeWitt, Larry Teal, Robert Mickey, Jade Mist, Rose Rosen, Christopher Ryan, Tina Pierce, Dennis Must, and Barbara Cope Wilson. Anonymous donations were also made in the names of Cherry Rose, Philip Kent Church, Ray Neighbors, Charles C.B. Banks, Glenn Still, Rick Smith II, and King's Cadence. Thank you, everybody, for helping keeping help helping to keep us on the air in 2021. Next week, you guys, it is. As loud as you need it to be, George, you decide. You're the boss of that ink. <laughs> Sorry, I'm peeking at the chat room. All right, so anyway, next week is our 15th year anniversary show. Really, 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 really looking forward to this. Jimmy Ray is going to be hosting with me because he was the catalyst that actually started me on this entire path to put us here right here today, 15 years ago. So really excited about that show. Encouraging people to come on and share with each other what being a part of this community means to them, what it means, uh, you know, what you, how you guys have inspired each other, you know, whether you're brand new to the community or whether you've been here since before day one. You know, it would be kind of cool to hear some of the stories about, you know, things you've done at the cafe or people you've met or people who've inspired you or that kind of thing. Love to hear some of those stories on the anniversary show. So really looking forward to next week. 
Now, I am going to be doing your little mini workshop part of the show here, and that is, where did it go? Oh, there it is. <laughs> I thought I lost it. Um, inspiration from the Inkwell. This is your little mini miniature <laughs> writing workshop. All right, pens, papers, out. I don't know what it's going to say, but this is what I'm saying. So, yeah, get your pens and papers and all that stuff out, your notebooks. We're going to run through these really quickly. We are going to start off with your writing assignment, and I'm going to give you the beginning of a sentence, or more precisely, a thought, which you will write down at the top of the clean, uh, clean journal page. All right. Next, I want you to write out all the different ways you can finish the thought, and I would really like you to strive for at least 20. So the free writing finish that thought prompt for this week is, when I finished the last page when I finish the last page. So on the top of the pa of your paper, I want you to write that down, and I want you to think of all the ways you could finish that sentence or fill in the blank or finish that thought. You know, And you may ask yourself, why should I do this? Why should I make time to do this? Why is it important? This seems like a silly exercise. This is going to train your mind to, instead of stalling when you hiccup while you're writing, you know, we, we all have those those speed bumps where we, we're, we're going and then all of a sudden it's like, um, 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 and we get stuck. It's a hiccup. And that can kill the flow. So instead, I want to teach you by doing this how you can flip through thoughts, ideas, images, imagery that you could put in, like you're watching one of those old-time slideshows, you know, with the little controller in your hand and click and click and click, kind of like what's her face in nine and a half weeks. What was her name? I forgot her name. Someone will tell me later. Um, but yeah, so instead of stalling and you're at a blank and you're, you know, you, you, we've all been there, we close our eyes and we put our hand on our forehead and it's like we start rocking back and forth and it's like, what do I want to say? What do I want to say? Shit, I don't know what to say. And boom, the inflation out of your inspiration bubble goes away. So instead, this will teach you to start flashing through things that you can do. And, you know, keep in mind that doing, when, once you start doing this, when, the, when you do these exercises, what's going to happen is it's going to become, after a while, you're going to start flipping through those images like it's second nature. Okay? It's going to, it's going to, Oh, what is it I'm trying to say? So this is one of those pauses that I was talking about. <laughs> so anyway, everything is learned behavior, and you have to push yourself. You know, it's like, who do you want to see? You know, who, who's hiding inside of you? Push yourself to break down some of those walls and dig some holes and, and find things that are deeper inside of you. Find those treasures inside of you, Okay. And in order to do that, you have to hone your skills as a writer. You have to push yourself. You know, we can't just depend on natural talent. Natural talent is not enough. If you have the natural talent, you owe it to yourself to hone your skill, to push yourself, to become a better, you know, a better writer, a better, you know, think about, you know, someone who's a prodigy in, in a piano and a four. You know, what would happen if they just, they never played, never pushed themselves, never learned a new song. 
everything is learned behavior. So being able to pull on that as a tool when you're writing is going to be invaluable to you. All right? Just wait. You'll see. You'll see. Do your exercises. (laughs) So again, the free writing finish that thought prompt is when I finished the last page and go. Write at least 20 ways to fill in that thought. 20 different things you could say. Don't even have to be related. Whatever you want. Have fun with it. It'll have fun with you. Now, we are going to do our poetry prompts. Now, remember, prompts are like seeds planted. They're meant to grow into poems. The prompt can be the title of your poem. It can be the general concept of your poem. It can be a line in your poem. Beyond these guidelines, whatever you do with them is up to you. All right, so number your paper 1 through 12. I'm never going to do 14 again like I did last week because that just totally messed me up. <laughs> so number your paper 1 through 12. All right, and I'll run through these. Prompt number 1 is in order to free the heart. In order to free the heart. Number 2. I like this one. A poem over breakfast. A poem over breakfast. Number three, the bones of dreams. The bones of dreams. Number four, master of empty spaces. Master of empty spaces. Number five, the way we live now. The way we live now. Number six, emotional eclipse. Emotional Eclipse. Seven, in the City of Clocks. In the City of Clocks. Eight, Release and Run. Release and Run. Number nine, Like an Unmade Bed. Like an Unmade Bed. Ten, Where Every Room Has an Echo. Where Every Room Has an Echo. Eleven, what the rat catcher said. What the rat rat catcher said. And number twelve, the watchers. The watchers. So with these prompts, remember title of, concept of, a line in. You can write one poem per prompt. You can mix and match and use line 12 and 2 and 5, then grab 3 and go down and get 10 and mix and match your lines in your poem. Or you can get real froggy and you can write a poem using all 12 lines in one poem. All right? We're going to jump right into your writing exercise now, and that is because the writing exercises utilizes all 12 of the prompts that I just gave you. So what we're going to be doing is called Pick Apart a Prompt, a writing exercise, and the exercise is meant to highlight that what we do with a prompt before we write to it is far more important than what we write to it. This exercise will help us get away from the typical knee-jerk reaction that, that naturally wants to pull us in, all right? That's why doing these exercises are important. Remember to train your brain differently. Get out of that comfort zone. So, In this exercise, you'll be using the 12 prompts, as I said, that I just gave you. And I want you to, from that list, on a clean piece of paper, or in journal page or your notebook, whatever, on the top of the page, I want you to write down the first prompt. 
Then I want you to spend a moment pondering each prompt and really think about all the things it's saying to you and maybe some of the things it's not saying to you or it's saying it to you sideways or in a different language. <laughs> all right. I don't want you to take it at face value. I want you to be suspicious. Look beyond the things that are obvious about the prompt and find the things that are hiding in it. Then I want you to make a list of at least six different poems you could write to that one prompt. So our first prompt was what? In order to free the heart. So you would write that one down, and then you would go through six different ways you could twist that up, turn it into the meaning of something else for, I'm not going to give examples because I don't want to, you know, taint your flow of thought. (laughs) All right, but think of all the different things that can stand for and write down the idea, not the poems, but the idea for at least six different poems that you could write to that prompt. Six different different things it could be. When you're done with that one, I want you to go down to the second one, and then down and down until you've finished all of them. So by the time you get done, you've got at least six ideas for each of the 12 different prompts. And I guarantee you, this I will throw in there, I guarantee you that there's absolutely no way you can get through this exercise all the way down to the sixth idea for the twelfth prompt without something far before then grabbing a hold of you and getting you off and writing a poem. And I will guarantee you that not only will you write a poem, but you will write a poem about something you never really thought about writing a poem about. Because when those ideas beyond the obvious get a hold of us, they get a hold of us deep. They get a hold of you by the balls, right? And they don't let go. And those are the ones that are your crazy, insane, awesome poems. All right, so push yourself inside your crazy. (laughs) All right, so once again, these are your 12 poetry prompts for this week. One, in order to free the heart. Two, a poem over breakfast. Three, The Bones of Dreams, four. Master of Empty Spaces, five. The Way We Live Now, six. Emotional Eclipse, seven. In the City of Clocks, eight. Release and Run, nine. Like an Unmade Bed, ten. Where Every Room Has an Echo, eleven. What the Rat Catcher Said, twelve. The Watchers. So those are your prompts. Have fun with them and go. Remember, we are reading, focusing on reading, reading, reading. It's one of our our big uh, never-ending goals as a writer. If we're not reading more than we're writing, we're doing it backwards. You have to have input in order to have output, so feed your brains. The next thing is to strive to learn one new poetry form every single month. We all can learn something new. It's important to hone our craft. Remember, it's not enough just to get by on on raw talent. There's a lot of talented people out there. Think about that. You know, we've all seen, like, America's Got Talent and all that stuff. There's some incredibly talented people out in this world. Why don't they all make it? Think about that. You can't rely on raw talent alone. You have to push yourself. You have to grow. You have to rise. All right, next. Every single day. I want you to go out into the world and find something worth 17 syllables. I want you to write a haiku poem every day. Three lines, five, seven, five is the format for that. 
the form for the haiku, the American haiku. There's hundreds of different forms for haiku. That's the American haiku, three lines, 17 syllables. Every single day, go out into the world and find something worth 17 syllables in your day. This is so important. This one thing, out of all the things that I ever talked to you about, this is probably the most important thing you can do that I've ever ever shared. Because it hones, it's like the, it's like the multivitamin for your muse. It covers so many bases at once. It, it forces you into that creative mindset more deeply than anything else. So I know we're busy. I know we've got a lot to do. I know you're not all going to sit there and do your homework this week. But let me ask you this. Why not? Why not? Why don't you find five, ten minutes a week to sit down and pull up the archives to the show and listen to the, the exercises again and try them? What's the worst thing that can happen? You shut the world out for a while. You get some writing time. You get some inspiration. You feed your creative side. Think about all the bullshit you do every single day for things that are meaningless. Right? Your poetic soul is not meaningless. It's important. Slow down. Breathe. Exhale. And give it the time it deserves, even if it's only 17 syllables worth of time a day. All right, go out every single day and write a haiku poem. All right, that's it. That is it for your inspiration from the inkwell. If you missed any that I gave you or you decide that you're going to be a good kid and get your homework done, <laughs> you can come back and listen to the archives of the show, and there will be a podcast, and you can start and stop it at your pleasure, at your leisure, and uh, write these prompts down and have some fun with it. So that will be awesome. I am going to play an audio track now. Now, I always start and end every episode with a recording. And if you have something that you've recorded and you would like to share it with me, you can send it to me to uh, the Speakeasy email address, which is the, T-H-E, the Speakeasy Cafe, T-H-E, the, the Speakeasy Cafe, at gmail.com. Remember, the word the is in the title. I'll tell you a story about that next week. <laughs> okay, that's speakeasycafe at gmail.com. Make sure you put audio track or something like that in the subject line. And the best format to send those to me in is an MP, uh, MP3. Uh, sometimes you can, if it's on YouTube, you can send me that link and I can pirate it off the YouTube. Um, but I keep getting SoundCloud links and I can't download them from there. They aren't working for me or people have their pages set to private, something. There's some kind of a setting that's not letting me download some of these from SoundCloud. So, you know, if you, if you got the MP3 thing, just send that to me. That'll work great. The piece that I am going to play tonight is by, where to go? It's by Philip Kent Church. I've been thinking about him a lot lately, this time of year, Thanksgiving. The autumn, the fall. So this is Philip Kent Church. And the piece is called The Hollers of Home. The Hollers of Home, an Appalachian poem written and narrated by Philip Kent Church. Growing up free back in the fields, country bred to life's simple thrills. Drinking water from the spring's fountains, running in creeks down the mountains. 
For a better life, there was no wishing. Hiking, camping, hunting, and fishing. The peaks rolling shadows on a little town. Sweet twilight as the sun went down. Ghostly mist rising up from hollers on a rainy day, while the slopes turn blue to skies heavy and gray. At night the mountains towered, the storm lit up the sky. I remember the glowing outline on spines of ridges high. The many colored hues from the mountain storming. Reflected by crystal dews with the dawn's warning. Now the days in the mountains have a certain fate. Dusk always comes early. Sunrise always comes late. In the springtime we would plow the fields, and early summer we plant for yields. Come early fall we gather up the harvest when canning and making apple butter are best. Now in late autumn, it's time to slaughter the meat, butchered then hung in the smokehouse, so neat. Then we'd make a little cider, maybe let it get old. All our work carried us through the winter, so cold. During the colder months, attended a little mountain school, learned three R's and the golden. The boys might blush and the girls might squeal while playing Red Rover or dancing the Virginia Reel. There wasn't nothing quite better, wasn't nothing so cool as when your sweetheart let you walk 'em home from school. The smell of coal smoke rising from the chimney so high. If you lived somewhere else, you'd have to wonder why. They are the hollers of my home. That was Philip Kent Church with the Hollers of Home. Absolutely love that piece. I love that man. All right. Now, poets, if you are on hold, this is what you can expect. First thing you can expect is to learn the phone number to call in in case you're not on hold. <laughs> the number to call in is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in and read tonight. If you are on hold, please know that we take callers in the order that you call in, such as area code 734 is our first caller. And that is George, uh, not Dennis. I think Dennis is 734 as well. Um, so 734 is our first caller. Listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading, and it's really important that your name is attached to your work. All right? Very, very, very important because you are literally verbally publishing your piece to the entire world. And they say that airwaves never truly go away, or sound waves. They just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. That means that you are publishing it for eternity, like bazillions of years from now, extraterrestrials could like piece it together. So make sure they know who you are. <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, then you can read 
two pieces to start off with if things get too busy and the lines get too full and we need to cut that back a little bit. I will let you know when that happens, but right now you're good at reading two poems. And then make sure that when you are done reading, you give out your URL. You want to make sure that people know how to come find you and get to know you and your work better before you come back here and read next week. All right? So, please, the last thing, and we must bring this up because it is important. Remember that we have a mature rating. That means just about anything goes here, with the exception of hardcore erotica. No adult porn poems. Other than that, you are good to go. So with that said, I'm going to give the first three callers so you kind of have a heads up where you are. We have 734, followed by 731, and then 575. Those are our first three callers. Okay, so let's go ahead and grab. 734, you are on the air. Hey, hello, Nyla. It's George Wiley. Hi, George. How are you doing, sweetheart? Hey, great. It's just so nice to, to be, finally be here. I've been, I have a conflict almost every Thursday, but not today, so I'm jumping in. And by the way, um, it, you know, Philip Kent Church had such an effect on me for the time that I was really coming to this every week there for uh, a year or two. Mm-hmm. It was just always there, and I got to almost, I felt like I knew him. And when I heard, uh, what, last year, maybe it's been longer than a year now, that he had died, I just couldn't believe it. But I'm glad you're uh, you're eulogizing him in the very best way a poet has, is <laughs> to be someone to read his poem, even him, mm-hmm. even his recording. <laughs> so yeah. that's cool. Yeah, right. I've, uh, I've got um, quite a few of his that he's sent me that I've got on here, so I'm real excited to be able to share them with everybody, too. Oh, well, you know, it's, it's it's just exactly as he intended. It's sort of homespun, and, you know, um, that's the way he wants it. That's how he was. And, he told uh, me he one time a, his biggest fear is that people wouldn't remember him. And it's like, you silly man. Are you kidding? Well, <laughs> that, that's right. He's a silly That is a silly because we do remember them, and a lot of people do. Um, okay, I have two to read. Um, this one is called Each Time He Fell in Love. Each time he fell in love, it was for eternity, a panoply of touching, a basket of pledges and a bed full of promises, of staring at her fingers and glimpsing her straps. It held a sky full of assurance a bag of permanence, overlaid by goosebumps of joy and a hateful, hatful, excuse me, of indulgence. It was imperishable. Each time he had a new love, they shared the soaring glory of Bocelli, the cages of baby chickens at the hardware, creating funny life stories of strangers at the park, sharing little extravagances and stopping the car for rainbows and finding all the truths about her and still loving her. They had no best-of-used-by date. Each time he fell in love, there grew some mold on their cheese, a fraying of their curtains, a denouement, an ebbing of their efforts, and a paling of their sunsets. Some things weren't as tasty or funny anymore. And one day they bagged up their lives and drove. And each time he fell in love, 
he fell from love. But he knew the next one was surely. He was positive that the next one was forever and peace. I love that. I love that piece. I got married and had three kids and was divorced by the time I was 21 and have never gotten remarried. And I always said that I would never remarry until I met someone who understood marriage the way my great-grandparents did. You know, when yeah. he's you know, 89 right. years old and walks through the kitchen and slaps her on her fanny when she's cooking soda biscuits. <laughs> that kind of love. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, it. you know, it's... There are things that, and, and so it takes work. It's a decision. It's not just, you know, it doesn't fall from you from the heavens uh, that make these things successful. They uh, they take choices, big choices, and compromises. Should I say that word today? We have people who have <laughs> leadership. We have people in leadership who don't believe in compromise, but mm-hmm. I sure do, or I wouldn't be married 47 years. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay, the second one is called A Crow at Noon. At dead noon, a crow's call draws me to the hot garden. The sun is gauze-colored, the trees like sand gnomes crushed by heat. What does the crow see? I look where it is. it is looking and see only listless bushes. The smart bird sees me and ends the call, hangs up on me and won't tell me the topic. What stirred the crow's voice? Was there prey or an enemy, a rival? He is not sharing, but he got me out into the sweltering garden. So I stand there in the bird's service, waiting for more commands and peace. That was awesome. I think crows are great subjects for poems and great analogies for poems. Well, they because you know they they are of course obviously Poe Edgar Graham Poe and all the rest of those and ravens are cousins to crows of course but the the uh, you know there's people who hate them maybe because of their color but maybe because they just seem so sort of ominous with black eyes and black bodies you know but they you know uh, and that they portend all this stuff in fiction you know like well crows on the fence we're all gonna die but the the uh, um, but the, the smart, the quarter family, and here I go, uh, the quarter family, which includes jays and crows and ravens and such, are, uh, are the smartest of all the birds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing, and I know I'm taking time here, but one thing I got, oh, anecdote, I just heard, so, I knew how smart they were, and I had read that if a person continues to feed the crows for a long period of time, they will actually bring you gifts. They will. And and the other day I saw it on a bird watching, uh, do some bird watching on a bird watching uh, Facebook page, picture of two like not pine cones but the little like spruce boughs like ten inches long spruce boughs with the little needles sticking out, mm-hmm. and a crow a crow had delivered two of them to the person, and they had, you know those rings you pull off of um, like beer cans or the ring uh-huh. you pull up of, they were. They had rings on them, pushed up exactly the same distance up the up up through the needles, you know, to like a third of the way up, so it couldn't be happenstance. And so the crow or crows had made two gifts with you know metal rings on little spruce things, 
and given it, delivered it to the guy. Isn't that, it's just amazing. And I it heard, is. too, that, I mean, so there, there, it's a reciprocation that that some humans don't understand. Well, you know, do. you bring up a really good point on that, and it's a valid point because, you know, when I'm talking about look beyond the obvious and find new meanings yeah. and new ways to write things, this is a perfect example of that because, as you said, normally the crow slash raven is predict, uh, is is pictured as being something ominous and, yeah. you know, sometimes evil or menacing or, but why? Ask yourself why. Why? Because cliches are cliches for a reason. You can't become a yeah. cliche if there's not repetitive something. Mm. All right. So there's always some truth hidden inside a cliche. So if that's the way that crows are portrayed, then why? Right. Why is right. there that cliche? So you take a, so you start taking a look at the crow and their behavior, and you realize how human some of their behavior can be. It's really right. easy to understand how, you know, they started taking on this is an evil spirit. This is a, you know, because here's a a bird with very very human behavior, and that was seen as something very yeah. strange and wicked and. So, you know, it's fun. And knowing things like that, it really helps you use them correctly and interestingly in your writing. The more mm-hmm. research, you know, it's good to learn things like that. It is. And, and, and it just sort of surprises you when you get uh, on these facts, These even if they're anecdotal, they come to to you as a gift, so to speak, to me anyway. And so You want to go I'm through a hell for the rest of your life? Go kill a crow in front of another crow. That's right. That's right. Somebody else. There's there's stories written about that, and and the ravens too, of course. It's just a larger version of the crow. But um, that's, well, anyway, that's, the, uh, that's where the cliche, you know, the cliche of, you know, some the dead person, the crow depicting, you know, being a ghost, a specter. You know, if you do something yep. bad, the crow's going to haunt you forever. That's the same reason. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that human behavior. You know, kill a well, crow, and they do crow have, and see what happens. You'll understand that real fast. They, uh, yeah, they recognize human. You know, they figure most birds. They know there's a human there. That maybe there's humans throwing uh, bird seed in the thing all the time. But see human, and they don't pay too much attention to. But um, they they absolutely have, been, have face recognition. It lasts for years uh, and years and years. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. And and when they they test them, and it's taught, they can, can teach that. Yeah, so teach, even, you, you might have only done it in front of one crow, but guess what? There's 20 on the wire the next morning. You want Alfred Hitchcock yeah. scary? That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's a really amazing, really Yeah, so educate thing. yourself on subjects, you guys. It's, it's amazing. It's <laughs> going to really help you as a writer. Yeah. Thank you. Thank okay. you for bringing that up, well, George. Uh, well, not a problem. I'm glad to. Um, uh, you can find me. I have a, uh, a book called uh, Why Did I Remain in the Garden? which can be found on Amazon, George Wiley. It's not my name. Uh, I have, uh, let's see, um, I have a Facebook page called George Wiley Writes, and um, it has, you know, some some poetry in it and stuff, and some announcements of other poets and things like that. It's still relatively new. Um, And just recently, just two weeks ago, I started... um, a uh, what is it? A poetry Zoom. I call it uh, Blue Water Poetry Zoom. It's on Monday nights at nine Eastern, and uh, so it'd be what uh, six six in the, on the coast and so forth. But nine Eastern, 
Uh, if somebody's interested, they can. Uh, I can even. In fact, I'll throw the link in here in the um, in your chat. I don't know if there's only a few people in there, but um, uh, the link. Anyway, it's Blue Water Poetry Zoom, and um, I was certainly can hook people up to it. And uh, it's like I said, it's Monday evenings. I tried to find an evening that doesn't conflict with everybody else. But I, I ran into Monday Night Football, <laughs> but, and I lost. <laughs> Each team beats me. No, but that's I guess that's all I have to say. Well, thank you for starting out the show so amazingly, George. We've missed you. I am so glad you're here tonight. Well, thank you. I missed you too, and we'll see you soon. All right, sweetheart. Thank you, hon. Take care. Bye. Our next caller is Mr. Michael Todd at 731-731. You're on the air. Hello, Nyla. Michael Todd calling in from West Tennessee. I'm looking at the date of April 25th, 2020, because I I did something with uh, Melissa Studdard, and I'm looking at things that, that happened that day, trying to remember what was significant. And one of the things was Gold Birding Day. And y'all are talking about birds. I thought that was that was kind of unique there. Uh, <laughs> a little bit serendipitous. Uh, that yeah, you know, April twenty fifth is always World Penguin Day, but the last Saturday of the month is Save the Frogs Day. Therefore, they were both on the twenty fifth. And I don't care how many frogs and how many penguins you save, you'll never find one of each in the same body of water. It's impossible. So the problem's the water, not the not. Just never mind. You know, that week was stationary week, and that's kind of up your alley. But I'm pretty sure that it was just uh, poetry month was what this was about. Anyway, Melissa Stuttered, she's a friend of mine. She lives in Texas. She's a uh, she's big in the world of poetry. She writes and she reads. She does radio and personal appearances. And that particular Saturday... This was, uh, I guess, in the early stages of COVID-19, which we all died from. Uh, she just had a, a camera set up in, I guess, her backyard or something, and, and there, she was going to make some announcements, okay? But this was that like that waiting time, you know, in between, that dead air time. You you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So, so I was just looking, and my mind got a little crazy, so I just... Started typing in on her <clears throat> on her page, so by the time she got there, I had already left a few remarks. And uh, this is what I said on Melissa Stuttered surveying the scene. Looking at this image, I see a stage. If I was your groundskeeper slash caretaker, I would set up lawn chairs every six feet, no seven feet, because everything's bigger in Texas, and sell tickets. No recliners necessary because everyone in the gallery would be on the edge of their seats. Tiered pricing would be in effect, topping out the first row pricing, which would include meat and wave along with a brownie. All attendees get a six-inch personal pan pizza with choices of toppings being sausage or pepperoni or vegetarian for the other 80%. On second thought, make those eight-inch pizzas because everything is bigger in Texas. I'm thinking three performances a day, five days a week for a three-week run. 
figure 30 minutes for meals, another 30 minutes for happy hour. What about little decorative umbrellas in 80-proof drinks with matching beach umbrellas overhead because that Texas sun can be brutal? Oh, who am I kidding? Texas shade can bring on a third-degree burn in an hour. Better make those drinks with umbrellas 90-proof because everything is bigger in Texas. I have some other ideas we can discuss concerning Melissa monogram scarfs, autographed funeral parlor individual hand fans with extra staples on the wooden handles, and an auction at the end of each performance of a cassette recording direct-to-tape with no edits. In the event our speaker falls prey to one or more of her tongue twisters, subsequently stumbles, and polite profanity ensues, these transcripts could be gold. I have some other ideas. Should we make this an extended run or even take the show on the road? As for my compense, I come aboard for $9 an hour with time and a half on Tuesdays. I may be cheap, but I'm not free. In peace. <laughs> I love it. I love it when you do stuff like this because you just you get into this zone where you pick up an idea and you're just, you. I mean, I can see you sitting there looking at the pic, looking at the screen, and you're just running with it. You know, you're seeing all this stuff in your in your mind and you're just running with it. And you know, as like at the beginning, of the show, I was talking about things. You know, flashing before you like you're watching a slideshow. You know, yes. That's a lot of the way that you write and the the way that you naturally think, which is what makes you a great prose storyteller, one of the greatest I know, um, is to be able to just carry and, and seamlessly go from one thing to the next to the next. And that poem was absolutely a post-child picture-perfect example of you doing that. I loved it when you are talking about the... Uh, the drinks with the umbrellas in it. You need to make the umbrellas big enough, and the umbrellas and the drink big enough to sit under, because everything's bigger That's in right. Texas. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but I love that. Absolutely awesome, hun. Thanks. And uh, also, I wrote I wrote a little poem for her in uh, 2021, and it's called Ten Points for Melissa Stutter. From Walnut Valley, Winfield to Telluride. String picking and poetry still coincide. Melissa strides up to share who she is, hailing from the southwest state of Texas, where better, faster, stronger is implied. A hush falls. Our speaker comes into view. Cosmos is about to be on tonight's menu. Witness 27 lines, all it entails, to a soundtrack relevant to bardic trails. Expect an evening evoking, inclined in view. Meanwhile, in Alabama, we hear the blues. The Black Warrior River holds many clues. Water takes a path of least resistance. Singers, those eager to take a chance, from Houston to Denver, pay down dues. End poem. That was awesome, pay down dues. Fantastic reads, both of them. Thanks, pal. You're welcome, Michael, my darling. Are you going to tell everyone how to find you? Yeah, you can find me at miketodd.blogspot.com. That's M-Y-K-E-T-O-D-D. And and I have poetry there at miketodd.blogspot.com. And everybody's welcome to come hang out with me. Absolutely. Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right, my darling. We will talk to you next week. I sure hope so. 
I look forward to it. Thanks, son. Y'all have a great evening. Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right. Our next caller, 575. We have Levi with us. Hey, Nyla. Hey, honey. How you doing? Doing all right. This is Levi Miracle from Tucumcari, New Mexico. It is indeed. What's going on in your world, darling? Oh, not a lot. Just, uh, you know, staying at home mostly, trying to write a lot, you know, dodging the whole world for a while <laughs> while it does its nasty thing, you know. Because, yeah, I just, we've been staying home a lot, just trying to stay healthy and all that good stuff, you know. It's good. It's good to slow down sometimes. Yeah, that's what I figure. Yeah. So how you been doing? You been doing all right? I've been doing really good. Too busy. I decided Too to busy. remodel my bathroom in the middle of all this chaos already, and so I have 500 projects oh, wow. started, but nothing finished, and my house is torn apart. But other than that, I'm great. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's at least good that keep a positive attitude while your world's in chaos. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's good. Okay, I brought uh, two poems for you tonight. Um, The first one was published back in 2020 um, through Elephant Journal. And um, it's entitled, Imagine a World Where We Are Not Defined by Our Skin Color. And it goes like this. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I want you all to close the eyes to your mind. Close your eyes and somewhere deep inside your psyche imagine. Imagine there's a burning cross on a lawn. Itchy fingers, warm tongues, frigid hearts. There is a black man sitting on his porch, shotgun in hand, synchronizing the rocking of his chair to the familiar whistling of wood burning to cinders. A man stands between him and them, and a Bible nestled between his chest and his forearm, small handgun between the pages, and a small prayer-like taste stuck to his lips. White faces hiding behind white sheets, a man hiding behind his faith and his God, black pride hiding behind absolutely nothing. He pleads for mercy, for righteousness, but these white boys will be always be white boys. A man approaches him, club in hand, a starving dog, ready to feast. He pulls his pistol from its holy shield, one warning shot to the heavens, the next he warrants, goes between his eyes. But these white boys will always be white boys. The preacher shoots him like he promised, as he heard the, as the herd of jackals became enraged. No book, pages from a holy host can save them now. Moments pass. A couple more men dead. Two men end up standing on two stools. Two ropes strung around two necks. T. 
tear streamed down the preacher man's face, the taste of prayer still stinging his lips. He looks over at the man beside him. The look of stone-cold inevitability encumbers his face. He pleads one last time, but these white boys will always be white boys. As the preacher hangs like a newly born carcass, twitching with fear and the smell of cinder still lingering as a white fog in the air, but before he closes his eyes for good, he imagines somewhere deep inside his psyche two men walking on peaceful roads, no burning crosses, no white boys hiding behind white sheets, no police brutality, no protests, no need for movements, just men and women sitting on their porches, the laughter as rich as the heavens, a world where men are not defined by their skin color, but by the footprints they leave in the sands of this earth, a world where people are not defined as black or white, but as men and women. They say boys will always be boys, but it is truly the men who redefine the meaning of humanity. So now I want you all to open the eyes to your mind. Open your eyes and look around the world. I see no black or white, brown or yellow. I see no race nor creed. I see no gay or transgender, lesbian or straight. No, when I look around this earth, all I can see are humans, just humans, all beautiful people, all the same. Now, think of how far we've come, but then I want you to think of how far we still have to go. I want you to now open the eyes to your mind. Open your eyes and imagine a world where everyone sees people and only the pigmentation of their hearts. Open your eyes. Please, just open your eyes now. That was for Ahmad Arbery. In peace. I love that. You know, it makes me think about, you always hear people say, I don't see color. I don't see color. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, but I think that needs to be changed because imagine if you don't see color and you've got that 264 box of crayons in front of you that was like the first time you ever got that box when you were a kid, you were something. That was like a right, rites of passage moment. Remember? Right. Yeah. You know, you, you finally got that big box of crayons and you open it up and all 264 colors are white. Yeah. What, to me, that's I mean, not seeing color. To me, yeah. open up that same box of crayon and see all the beautiful colors and how unique they are and different and what a beautiful, amazing image exactly. it makes. You know, I think people need to start seeing color and embracing it and understanding the beauty in it because if you consider the alternative, you open that box and there's nothing but white crayons, oh my gosh, it's a horrible thought. Yeah. We need to embrace our differences, embrace our our colors. Beautiful I agree, hundred percent. Yep. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Thank you. Yeah, my. So I that's said, my that prompt for you. I want you to take that concept, the crayon box, and I want uh -huh. you to take the concept of we need to see color and write a poem. That's your prompt. I give cool. it to you. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I have my poem for, but I'm going to read it next week because I wrote it for the 15th anniversary, so. I'm so excited about that show. I can't stand it. Everything's wiggling. I'm happy. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, I'm actually going to put on a, I'm going to put on a like an evening gown. I'm going to do my hair Aww. up. I've got an appointment to get my hair done that day. Like actually get awesome. my hair done. Like I'm in prom. I'm going to get all dressed up <laughs> for the show in my formal dress and sit here. I have some champagne. Yep, it's going to be good. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a I'll probably be sitting here in my pajamas, but, you know. <laughs> I actually thought this, that show was tonight, but no. I was wrong because I wasn't able to make it last show, so I mm-hmm. thought it was actually tonight, but I'm just going to save it for next week because <laughs> that's what I wrote awesome. it for. So. But I do have one more. Um, I just wrote this one, and uh, I haven't submitted it anywhere yet because I just wrote it, but... Um, I thought I'd read it tonight. It's called uh, Gravity. I once climbed a tree. My knees were buckling like two deer bucking in efforts to defy me, but I kept climbing. Redefining the meaning of agony with perseverance, I was motivated and driven to conquer. As I made gravity my bitch, I decided whether or not to fall. With all in my power, I would devour the tallest tree in what terrified me. I would take it down, much like I did my dinner. You see, it might have been easier if I was just a little bit thinner. If my jiggling thighs wouldn't compromise the climb, yet I kept climbing My timing was perfect with each and every step, with each and every climb. I kept remembering the fat jokes, the little pokers and prodders that kept my anxiety at an all-time high, but I would become that marauder, reaching for the sky. I became the one fat kid that defied gravity. I told my bullies that I can be me and still touch the sky. No matter what they said, I was the maker of my destiny. But now, lately, that just isn't how it is anymore. It feels like my trees have gotten taller as I have gotten older, and my heart less bolder than that of a child. My fear of gravity is all I think of. Taking steps to new heights is something that frightens me to the very core. I would love to climb my trees and flap my wings and soar, but it feels like my flying days are behind me. As I am now bullied by my own body, my arms are too weak to climb, my legs degenerating from this thing called time, and I simply forget how to defy my own gravity, my ankles anchored by anvils of agony. I feel like my trees will forever go unconquered. Someone... Someone once told me as a child that accomplishment only comes from the trees we defy, from the air we climb while defying gravity. And I wonder, are my trees forever out of reach? Or can I reteach myself to climb again? Will my ambitions once again flourish? I stand at the trunk of my trees every single day of my life, looking up as if the top were miles away, and each limb was a hurdle my fat ass could never overcome. But then, but then I think of that 
brave and kind of dumb little me that I used to be, and I ponder every single tree that I refuse to climb is a sign that is telling me I'm no longer able to fly, but no matter how broken I've become, I still must try to climb my trees. I must try to touch the heaven's breeze with my fingertips and take another glimpse of the world through the eyes of an overcomer. So I take my time, and I climb, and I climb my tree one limb by limb at a time, each day by day, and I pray that I find the strength to be me and redefy gravity. It's what I must do, and it's again who I must become in peace. It's who you still are. I love that, too. <laughs> yeah. I love the well, whole idea. Some, some you know that. It, <laughs> what do you say? Sorry. No, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, yeah, you know, it, some days are hard, and I'm not a well person, and some days it's just like, ugh. You know, will I be able to be that me that I was before? Will I be able to, you know, overcome obstacles? I want you to think about something. Every single day that you wake up, I don't care if it's the worst day you've ever had, it's still the best day of your life because you woke up. Yeah. Right? And... The only thing in the world, the only person in the world that matters is the one that's going to be sitting beside you, holding your hand when you take your last breath. And you may not even know a person like that right now. You know, we go through our lives worried so much about trying to impress people. Why? I don't care who I impress. I do stupid, dumb, crazy shit all the time, but I love my life. (laughs) And I love who I am. And I know that I look yeah. ridiculous and silly and and crazy. And I do some, I mean, I, but I love that about me. And I don't care. I learned a long time ago, just I don't care. I don't mm-hmm. care. I'm a good person. I'm going to do what I want to do. And the rest of you, I love you. But, you know, they they say that, you know, there's nothing, the, the sword is mightier, or the, the pen is mightier than the sword, right? Yes. Nothing in the world think about it, is more powerful than the eraser. That's true. It's not the pen, it's not the sword, mm-hmm. but it's the eraser. To be able to say, this is my life, I've only got X amount of days. Every day I wake up, it's going to be the best day of my life. I don't care how bad it is, and you don't serve my life, so guess what, eraser, you are off my island. Goodbye. And you don't do it <laughs> ignorantly or meanly. You just say, no. I need to move on. I don't have time. You know, mm-hmm. so you are the only person you have to be fabulous to. And if you look in the mirror and you see somebody that is fucking fabulous, then it doesn't matter who else says, even you, because that's mm-hmm. who you are. Okay, I'm done now. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And yeah, I mean... I see that when well, I look well, at you. I fell teenager. in love with you. When I first came, the very first time I ever came to your page, I absolutely uh-huh. fell in love with this fabulous fabulous human being (laughs) i appreciate it look at that look at your pictures look at that man look at that person look at that human well i appreciate it that makes me feel good and i you know it's just hard sometimes it's i'm i'm not a well Mm -hmm. person and it's just you got to just take one day at a time and i 
I'm the kind of, I'm the type of person that I love life. You know, I I just live every day to do new things and but you know when you when you get sick and I've been I've been sick for a lot of my life, but I haven't, you know, I I wait I wait for the good days, you know. <laughs> and um it's 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 hard sometimes, you know. It's just hard. I know. But uh, your words you. really inspired me, and I appreciate it so much, Nyla. Love you dearly, my friend, dearly and truly and deeply. Oh, I love you too. And uh, next week will be great. I know I'm this so excited to be here. Uh, this week was great, but next week will be great too. <laughs> it's going to be a really fun, a really fun night. I'm so I cannot wait. I cannot yeah. wait to see what you're going to read too. Yeah. Um. You can find me on uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the Poetry and Writings of Levi J. Miracle on Facebook. I'm on um, different places on the Internet like Poets and Writers Database. Um, you can find all my work there and just different places. I'm submitting my music out to more venues and places, so hopefully some people will pick that up and that will be good. So, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you next week. Thank you for tonight. Yes. You're amazing. Thank you. And you, you are amazing, so keep doing what you do always. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 903. Mr. Eric, are you with me? Yes, I am. Hello, Nyla. How are you doing? Hi, sweetheart. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing pretty good. Just actually just got home, like right at seven. So. That is perfect timing. Yes, it is. Yeah, sorry, I didn't make it last time. I had to work past the normal time, so I've been working. You're long. missed when you're not here, but hey, you're oh. allowed to have a life. It's okay. Right. Thank you. I just, appreciate just it. Just don't yeah. don't let it happen very often. <laughs> Right. That's right. Not one. Uh, can't be living your life the way you want to, right? <laughs> no, you, you come on, priorities. Speak easy before all. That's <laughs> right. Speak easy number you? one. That's right. <laughs> That's it. Speak easy before everything else. If I had it if I had it my way, speak easy would be every night. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, it'd kind of get in the way of other people's lives, but it would be fun, though, <laughs> in person and online. You could do virtual uh, videos or, or video chat or whatever. They actually had uh, – I <laughs> forgot who it was. Uh, I didn't get a chance to go. I got, I got busy, unfortunately. But on uh, 30th, October 30th, somebody had a virtual uh, Halloween open mic night. And costumes were encouraged. And so oh, they did fun. video chatting. And I was like, that would be awesome. I'm going to try to hit that next time. I forgot what they're called. I'll have to let you know next time. But uh, I didn't get a chance to go. But you could dress up and uh, read your spooky, creepy Halloween poems. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, I watch that for sure. Yeah. I'll try to find it. I don't know where it's recorded. So, and, uh, so I got, 
I'm still working on my experimental Halloween poem, so this is my newest one that I wrote last night. It's part of it. Like I said, I actually did uh, Sudoku, or not Sudoku, uh, Sudoka. It's um, S-E-D-O-O-K-A, I think. And the other one is Tonka. Or uh, mm-hmm. that's how I say it. Tonka, two different forms as well. <laughs> I learned two different forms. It's good. So, anyways, this one's kind of like, so the the last two I read in the last show, I had, uh, these were two parts of it at the beginning. I did the double acrostic and the triple acrostic. So, here we go. This is the ABC. So, this is part of the Halloween poem. I haven't finished every one yet. I'm still working on several. That's all right. All right. Abracadabras. Oh, this is Halloween by Eric Shulman. Right. Abracadabra's ancestors' ascension as apparitions betwixt bloody booed, black bats battled, beaten, cursed, condemned cats, devils damned, dastards dangerously destroyed, dogmatic domination, enchanted evil eyes eat eerily, fearful, frightful fairies fell, ferociously, ghastly ghosts, goblins, gold gained glorious globalization. Hair-raising, haunting, haunted hayrides, houses, headstones, hobgoblins, howled horrifically. Icky imps, insanely ingested, injured individuals, infested intestines. Jack-o'-lanterns, jinxed, jesters, jokingly, kept king's kingship. Lighting, uh, lightning, lit, labyrinths, lanterns, luminously. Midnight's magic, macabre monsters, mashed mausoleums, masks, moonlit mummies, mysterious, misty, morbid uh, masquerades, mesmerizing, metamorphosis, metamorphosis, my bad, mischievousness, noisy, nasty, netherworld, neighborhood, nightmarish, nightfalls, otherworldly, outer limit, Outfitted, orange, ominous, ogres, owls, occurrence, October, October 31st, occultism, pumpkin picking, painting, carving, patches, pagans parried, paraded, pinnacles, pendants, pentagrams, parties, phantasms, petrified, poltergeist, possessively, quaked, queens, quivering, repulsive, repungent, Revolting, rasping ravens, ripped, ritualistic robes, skulls screeched, spookily, shadowy, suspicious sweets, tricked, treated, trunked, taut, twilight, terrorized, trolls, toads, tarantulas, tombstones, trickery, Transylvanias, trembling, tremendous thirst, ugly, undead, unearthly, uneasy, unexpected, Unexplained, unmasked, unnervingly, veiny, vixens, vanished, vampires, voodoo, worrisome wraiths, witches, wizards, werewolves, wild warts, wicked, wizardries, witchcraft, sand, sand thin, yahoos, yelped, yelled, yawlingly, sap, zombies, sanely. That's the end piece. That was crazy. <laughs> that was Thank crazy. You. You're welcome. Yes, that's the point. Yeah, right. 
that's the point. It's meant to be crazy. <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely loved it. How fun was that well, Thank to write? you so much. Oh, it's a blast. It's also a challenge, too. But you know me. I'm Mr. Challenge <laughs> when it comes to poetry. I'm totally impressed. Uh, Great job on it. Thank you so much. And I got uh, that. Uh, I'm not sure which one's the Sudoka or the Tonka. I know it's one of these, two. They're really small. But uh, I can read one of those real quick. Maybe we're still doing two, right? Mm-hmm. Or just one? Okay, I was making sure. Okay, cool. All right. Um, So this one is actually the last one. I think it's the Sudoku one. It's actually two stanzas. So it's Halloween night, dressing up in costumes, trick-or-treating, children plead, more frightful delights, ancestral worship, summons, warding off evil spirits. That's the end piece. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you so much, and that's actually a part of my uh, experimental poem that I made my own form, and, and I put um, nine, or I think it's nine or ten stanzas, and each stanza has a different type of form, uh, form in it, too. So, oh, that's like I have, cool. uh, I have Echo Verse, Sin Quinn, Infinite Poem, Sonnet, Shakespearean Sonnet, Magical, or Madra, uh Mad Ridgle song, and then I have those last three, the that last one I read, and another one too. So yeah, that's real fun and, and it's cool, and it's it's like a a way to evolve too. I don't want you know, of course, I don't write just one subject in one form. So, but it's cool to you know. At one time I hated form with a passion, and now I'm just. <laughs> Like I can't get enough, you know. And <laughs> it's I still fun. like my they're like, they're like little word puzzles thing. you can play with, you know, and you have to yeah. fit words into it. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Right. Precisely. Yeah. There's a thrill in it. So, well, thank you so much for the platform. I'm going to try my hardest to be there. I already got uh, that. Well, I wrote you two poems. You already know. Uh, I'm going to try to read one of those and I'm going to read my 15th year anniversary to your show that I already gotten written too because I had it written beforehand so but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that and I'll try really hard to be there uh, this time and uh, thanks for everything you do for us poets and uh, thanks for having me on your show and on to the next one as the uh, predecessor says on to the next real poet <laughs> have a great night i'll be on the show listening i've got to charge my phone too so. all right baby thank you eric great job hun you're welcome thank you so much appreciate it have a great night you too. talk to you later bye all bye. right our next caller comes from area code 219 219 you are on the air hey brother oh how you doing? Doing wonderful. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. So what are you going to grace us with, my dear? Yeah. Are you there? Yeah. I'm here. Okay, good. I had this poem called 
Then with a chip on my shoulder. Uh, yes. Although one of the most well respected, well known, influential poets in the Chicago Poetry Community, three times, as a spoken word award, went forward coming a year. A poet was shared stages with. Many household names of veterans in the national poetry community. A poet puts in tireless work, effort, and dedication to his craft. A poet who has the capabilities to achieve GOAT status. And a poet was a model of consistency for nearly 12 years. Yours truly filled into the chip of my shoulders. Along the living example of resilience, a living example of determination, a living example of perseverance, a living example of real black manhood, a living example of faithfulness, and a living example of patience. You are surely still living with a chip on my shoulder. Although I'm a survivor of many medical conditions, overcoming a speech impairment, a survivor of bullying, a real life overcomer, graduate from both high school and college. By being placed in special education classes, you'll surely still live with a chip on my shoulders. Brother, why do you live with a chip on your shoulders? And are you accomplishing your credible life? Dear brothers and sisters, when you were not expected to live past your first birthday, when you were not expected to graduate high school or college, when you were born to the least likely likely to succeed in your high school class and expect to fail everything that you attempted. When you were bullied, ridiculed, and made fun of regularly, when you struggled with low self-esteem and feelings of not being good enough, when you expect to end up dead and locked up in prison, when you were expecting to end up addicted to drugs and alcohol, when you were told that you were crazy for even doing poetry, when you were told that your style of poetry didn't match the criteria of being a quote-unquote spoken word artist. We had passed over and overlooked because of disability, especially when you support everybody. When you're told that you would not last for one year. When you're told that you would have no chance to be featured on anything. When you're criticized and not having the abilities like others. These are the main reasons why. I still live with a chill on my shoulders even to this very day in poem. Chip on my shoulder even to this very day. The things we carry with us, right? Yes. Great poem, sweetie. Are you going to read two tonight, Brother O? Yeah. Awesome. This one is called Being the Real Man Will Never Go Out of Style. I like it. In these unusual, crazy times in which we live in today, it's culturally accessible for men to hug and kiss each other live on national television. It's normal for young men to have their pants sagging and showing their underwear in public. It's commonplace for men to have either a wife or girlfriend and either a mistress or a side piece. Excuse me. 
I refuse to conform to the norms of today's society because I was brought up in the era where real men practiced high moral values and standards. I was brought up in a time period where real men stood firmly on their beliefs and convictions. I was brought up in a time period where real men established their mighty presence and respect and were respected as authority figures. And I was brought up in a time period where real men led by example. I'm not going to change who I am as a real man because I know that I will never go out of style. Addressing my others by their proper titles and saying, Mr. Mrs. Ms. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Will never go out of style for me. Keep myself properly dressed and groomed. Will never go out of style for me. Taking my queen out on dates and paying her way and treating her and treating her well, treating her like a lady, will never ever go out of style. I made my mistakes and apologized for my wrongdoings. When I've done wrong, will never go out of style. Embracing my flaws, imperfections, shortcomings will never go out of style. Maintaining my character and sense of integrity. Will never go out of style. Being a true class agent leader by examples that I will establish for future generations to follow will never go out of style. My dear brothers and sisters, real men are still around. And they represent all walks of life, despite the negative, negative stereotypes that are perpetrated about men every day. I mean, they tell you, as long as I'm I'm on this earth. A real man. Millions of real men like like me never go out of style in porn. Yeah, I think that that can be transferred universally, you know, because you're basically talking about just being a decent human being. You know, you can you can add any any you know thing in there that you want to add. But you're just talking about basic human dignity and respect and, you know, mm-hmm. the things that, you know, and and going out of style. You know, the truth is, Brother O, is we're going to go out of style. We don't want to, but we're going to. You know, it's, it's just a couple new generations and things are so much different than when we were kids. You know, they're dealing with yeah. so many different problems and different issues. And this is their world. You know, we, we've lived through our youth. We've cha- put our imprint and our fingerprint on on you know what we were going to do, you know, and so you know they're they're dealing with a whole bunch of things that we never even dreamed of. But it's right. good to be an example of something of being just a good, decent human being. You know, you've got your beliefs, you got the things you believe in, but be a good human being as you walk through the world and share them. And I think that's a really good universal message in that piece. Well, uh, they appreciate it. You're very welcome. Very welcome. All right, my darling, Brother O, tell everyone how to find you. Uh, you can find me on Facebook and on my brother O'Gavin. Um, I, I usually post a lot of inspirational stuff on my page, uh, write new poems all the time, and uh, I to connect with me. Uh, just, just, uh, just, uh, I just, it'll tell you that 
I appreciate the support every week. I appreciate it. Appreciate you so much. Thank you, Brother O. You're welcome. We'll talk to you on the anniversary show. Yes. All right. Have a good night. night. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 734. Mr. Dennis, are you with us? Why, yes, I am. Hello, Hi, Nyla. Sweetheart. Yeah. It's so good to this hear is from Dennis you. White. <laughs> yes, I'm back. <laughs> I'm wiggling. And, uh, I'm and so it's happy. Really, it's really exciting to hear about your 15th anniversary show coming up next week. Uh, Isn't that crazy? You, you've, uh, you, well, that is crazy. You, you stayed the course. You stuck right with it. A lot of poetry shows have fallen by the wayside, and you just keep on going like the Energizer poetry freak. (laughs) (laughs) Either I'm real passionate about you guys in poetry, or I absolutely have no life. You know, one of the two. (laughs) I'll let you guys figure that one out. (laughs) Yep. Well, it's not for us to decide. You do what you want to do, girl, and you're doing it well. Let my poetry flag fly. I'm good. That's right. That's right. Oh, sweetheart, it is really, really good to hear from you. We miss you when you're not around. It's okay to have a life. You don't have to be here all the time, but when you're not here, know that you're missed. Well, that that is so kind of you. I, I don't know why you say things like that, but that is, that is so very kind and generous. Because I mean you. them. I, no, I didn't. I wasn't questioning your sincerity. <laughs> I mean it, darn it. <laughs> All right, I, I'm in. You, you, you okay. convinced me. <laughs> uh, what do you have for us tonight, sweetheart? All right. I'd like to start out with this poem. That the title is The Assimilation. While visual vestiges of princess attire remain present, the aura of royalty is but a faded memory. The new depths of present-day reality, immutable, witnessed by the befriending of barely-aged spirits with the throat-closing bite. Nothing like the champagne of the finest quality and taste that once flowed so freely. The descent into the abyss was sudden, unexpected, and apparently permanent. All that is left is the total assimilation of commonness. End of poem. Wow, commonness. Nobody wants to be that. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be that. <laughs> no, no. You don't see a line for that. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> oh, come on. I want to be beige. Please let me be beige. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, too funny. And your second piece, my darling? My second piece. The title is Tree Whispers. 
you whisper through curling yellow parchment and faded photographs standing in the shadows, smiling, amused at my feeble attempts to draw you out into the daylight. I fish for you through an ocean of microfilm and microfiche, not knowing if I've cast in the right direction, but I sense you lurking in the deep waters. Through graveyards I stumble, looking for tombstone documentation to find out where you have ended your earthly sojourn. I want to exhume you from your paper trail coffin and give you new life and a resurrected voice to extract from you the secret and essence of your existence. Seeking the relevance, the bridge that connects us through common genes, the DNA strands that bind us together as family. End of poem. I love that. That was incredible. That was really great. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Very welcome. Oh, all right. Well, I won't linger. Uh, if anybody wants to see some of my poetry, it may be found at allpoetry.com. And I write under the pen name of Haiku Bless You with hyphens between uh, the words. Perfect. All right, sweetheart. And we will talk to you on the anniversary show, hopefully. Well, I hopefully I'll be there. And <laughs> with, since you're dressing up, I think you ought to add the, the Zoom um, portion <laughs> of that so we, so we can witness that. Yeah, you know, there's been so many people who've been have those Zoom things going on over the last two years. But my computer, and I use a you know, I have a PC. I don't do this on my phone. But my my PC doesn't have a, a video thing. I can I I don't think it has a speaker unless I hook up my my um mic and stuff I use for recording. No. But I could do it on my phone, huh? How could I um, I'll have to figure that out. I'll possibly. see if I can figure out a way to do it on my phone. I don't know phone. how the quality would be, but possibly. <laughs> <laughs> you won't I'm be not able to hear I'm not a, see a blurred picture, right? I'm not a good tacker. I'm an old, I'm still old school. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I try to get along uh, with the new stuff as best I can. All right, my darling. Well, thank you. It's a again. beautiful show this evening. Uh, so many wonderful voices. And I like that you started it up, off with Philip Church. Uh, I know. He is such a beloved poet, and an inspir- he was an inspiration to us all. And still is to this day. Forever. It's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. His legacy continues. And thanks to you, too. So I'm going to step aside, let the next poet step up, and I'm going to say, God bless. Awesome. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you next week. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, you guys. Our next caller comes from. If I can get my buttons to work. 
Ready for this? Drum roll. I'm going to go ahead and give you a heads up so you kind of have an idea. Um, we have 832, Soldier Blue, I'm bringing you on next. So be prepared. Be all ready for me. And then we have 573 followed by 573. Um, where's Jimmy? Jimmy was supposed to be next after that. Jimmy must have had to have gone. Where'd Jimmy go? I'll just send him. So I'm going to send Jimmy a message and tell him he's if he calls back in, his, he's still in God's place in line if someone wants to email Jimmy for me, word machinist. So we have 832 followed by 573, then followed by 702, which is Jimmy, unless Jimmy doesn't call back in. And then it will be 540 will be after them, okay? So, you know, sometimes Jimmy has stuff going on with the boys and can't. Hold that long. Okay, so let's go ahead and bring on dun, dun, dun. Mr. Blue Blue. You are on the air. Soldier Blue, eight three two. Isn't eight three two Soldier Blue? I hear background music. All right, we're going to go ahead and put Soldier Blue eight three two. on hold music that's so funny we'll go ahead and go grab back and grab him and let's go ahead and grab 573 573 you're on the air uh, to the, be not offended if you don't know 573 is sinister but oh come on who did I say <laughs> I said sin right uh, you didn't say anybody oh you didn't say anybody I have your name written uh, down I said, should I agree no I you use 15 years of phone numbers, you can't expect you remember every... I seriously every have your name. I'll take a picture of this piece of paper I have written down. I have your name written down. I knew who it was. <laughs> I promise. You need... That's all right. I'm the son of a rambunctious thing. So, we're doing... Uh, Two pieces, right? Mhm. Well, let's get started then, shall we? Please. What separates the two? Pulsing vibrations run rampant. Self-indulgent floundering into human nature, be a woman or man, opposed by autocratic inertia of evolutionary lapse, the redundant occurrence of what once had set plans. Work intuitive, solid rhetoric, attempting stimuli, one which Expects to divert such deviant fleeting. Broken now is laughter echoing in the solitude box left unattended in such unwelcoming terrain. Somewhere between the comatose and the vibrant, it got lost. And spinning sideways, we're stuck. Memories, those ghosts you hollow when there's no one left to reason your insolence to the hand. Moments of twist visual inceptions, the dark scenery, shadowed in chromatic sepulchres on the citadel drums. Attempting to ascertain decrepit cohesion spewed about a reality, you can no longer feel its impact. Some would revel in such bounty found and willed solace of separations of cerebral canyons, vast. Your insight and the trustless onslaught of adder infused allegations of why the fear is where you now stand. 
analyzed and solitary abandon of which fires prey you have empowered the personal hell address rather dire stipulations ensnared these nuances filling quagmire's brands of horrible and fractured minds sporadic be the trails of clandestine hues floating into an abyss one of such you must follow infinitely in attempting to proceed on something so surreal and true the reasoning avoids the instances you complete breaking static ions cue a quota of fortitude run flat passing a stature you no longer possess shires then however I only see the cyclophant you always were indeed the fight of grounded derision thought to be grand crashing infestations of intolerable instances once serene now only a graveyard of lost meaning without tracks Take the visions and territories of which I take the greenest. Want my excellence over your experimental straps. Welcome you running a self-loathing, dying instance, writhing on the lakes of fire, burning the soul you toss. Bright and fusions, shatter the moments now lost. It is here and what's to come, which separates the two. And peace. <laughs> Just absolutely, absolutely in your face all the way, 100% from stop to go. Or go to stop, up and down, back and forth, inside out, everywhere. That's what we like here. Now, <laughs> I'm dialing myself back. I'm feeling rather, as I said, rambunctious and a little bit nutty. And I know you really don't do uh, erotic on your show, so I, I, I shelved what I wanted to read. Um, because it it borderline overly graphic, but you know, with my poetic styling, it's not of the you know obtuse or anything. But we're gonna go with something a little lighter, and it's and it's said. And one day, remind me to send you a copy of Highly Naked Ecstasy so you can read it and tell me if I could ever read it on your show or not. All right. Go ahead. I'll, if, I have to, if I have to stop you, I'll just say, yo, dude. Okay? We're good. Go ahead. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to read it. I'm going to read something else. This is more of a okay. loving poem. And, uh, we're going to go. It's called Joy and Color. Weave your inhibitions lightly around my mind. Shall we dance preconceived notions out the door? Like a regadoon, sidestep through the parlor floor, weave those inhibitions lightly around my nebula, feeling naughty. Speak soft transitions of longing through my audibles. Let me hear those whispers of desire set ablaze. Tease my romance with eager enthusiasm so earnest. Let me lap up your luscious sentiments of lustful want, invoking ecstasy. Your touch is divinity, my darling. True, you catastrophe. Rupturing my restraint tenfold into points of euphoria. Yes, a simple caress from that fingertips and shockwaves. Inundating my temple with new praise and simple shame for neglecting. I digress the bent knee, worshipping every ounce of attention. For your bounty bestowed is like fruitful gardens harvested in October. The skies open and shine amethyst rays with joy and color. For in the culmination of our love we truly can be chosen in peace. Wow. That was awesome. That was nice to hear. You, di- you didn't sound very Thank angry. You, that was for 
No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I loved it. That's dedicated to my wife for 18 years. Uh, going on 19, actually. Well, 19. Ways out of love. That's incredible. So. All right, my sweet. Tell everybody how they can come find your awesomeness. Sinister Spittles, spelled S-P-I-T-A-L, as we all spittle when we whittle. I Google that shit. I'm everywhere and nowhere. <laughs> I'm blinded. All right, sweetheart. And will we see you next week for the anniversary show? Uh, I'm hoping so. I remember you telling me it would either be this week or the week after, so I wanted to make sure I called in today. And, and I yep, will it'll be. It's next week. It'll be my best to call next week. Okay. Well, I shall do my best to be there. Thank you, Sin. Appreciate you so much, honey. Appreciate you. Have a good night, Nyla. You too, love. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to go ahead and check with Soldier Blue, see if he's back yet. Soldier Blue, are you with us? 832? Soldier Blue, Blue? Come back and check on him. Let's go ahead and grab area code. We have area code five. Which one's after Soldier Blue? Five. Seven five. I think it's Jade we have next. Five seven five, are you with us? Five seven five. Are you muted? Yes. Hello. Hey, sweetheart, how are you doing? Oh, thank you. I am doing very nicely. Uh, much better than last week. Are you feeling better? Yes, I am. Um, better frame of mind, if you will. Um, I think I'm receiving uh, just a tad too much venom uh, being hoist on my own petard, as it were. <laughs> you know, your venom's okay. You don't have to jump through hoops and do stupid people tricks and, and pretend like you're feeling like something you're not. You have permission to vent freely. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And I, um, that leads right into the uh, homework assignment that you gave me. I have something of an outline. still need some polishing, but um, I'd like to um, enlighten you with that, to share that with you if I may. Oh, please. Uh, it's called Poet Warrior. Two parts. What females do keep humor, laughter, pleasantries. You want to be liked. This, this is what girls and ladies do. Warrior says what the poet won't dare. Warrior doesn't care if they're liked. This is what and how females should be. You're crazy. Something's wrong with you. The weapons of choice to keep the warrior at bay. When daughter stands up angry with no apology, the poet stands tall too, albeit 
shaking inside. A fractured daughter, warrior wants to lead. The poet still aims for likability. They are happy in their sadness. And there you have it. Wow. See, you guys, that's what is so amazing about sharing inspiration or sharing prompts or just, you know, literally just throwing a prompt out there for no reason. You get to see things like this come back. Yeah, that was a prompt that you gave uh, some shows ago, and I had that written down in my notes, and it it just kind of just it felt right to put that in there. So quite right. Uh, you never know when a prompt can sprout. And I love, I love the, the, there was, there, I have to, there was a way that you read this. There was a slow, dark seduction in your voice that I have never heard you voice in anything I've heard you read before. There was something inside of you that really liked reading this poem. Thank you. I think I'm still um, having shadows of last week when I was really in, and sort of um, I just want to be angry and not apologize for it, please. And I, I love what you said, that um, the eraser is mightier than the pen. Mm-hmm. Erase out. This is, I think, this the is The pen might be mightier than the sword, but nothing beats the power of the eraser. That's an original quote, by the way, you guys. There you are. There you are. <laughs> Patent that. Put that on a T-shirt. Sell that. <laughs> but think about it. I mean, what 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 is worse than the eraser? An eraser is indifference. It is. It can erase out um, something that's useless or something that's beneficial. Mm-hmm. It uh, it's complete neutrality. The opposite of love is hate. But indifference is. You know, I don't give a fuck. And there's nothing worse than that. <laughs> there's no fate worse than that. <laughs> oh, I love it. Wonderful. But, you know, last week, you know, you could tell that there was that vibe of of, of anger, that, that edge, that, that edginess to it. This week, it was powerful. There were, it, it was... It was same vein, but instead of that edge, there was power, if that makes sense. It does. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I'm learning that writing a poem is one thing, but how you, the delivery of it can be just as important, if not more so. I'm learning so much about this poetry thing. It, when I used to think about poetry, it always has to rhyme. Poems have to rhyme. No, they don't. They have to rhyme. You know, the best best advice that I was ever given when I first started performing, and I have, I mean, I've worked in radio all my life, you know, and and just because it's on the radio and you guys can't see me, this is still public speaking, and I have, I can't even tell you the horrific fear I have of, of, even to this day, what, you know, the nerves I go through every time I'm waiting for the show to go live, even now. But one time, somebody read a poem of mine, and they shared it with someone else, and they came and said, hey, we do this open mic thing here in town. We'd love to have you come read. And it was like the most, I mean, I could have, you could have froze me solid, you know, dry ice cold. 
when you know it's like and i said no 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 he said well that's okay do you care if maybe we read something of yours during the show and as soon as he said that it's like the little cockle hairs in the back of my neck stood up and i went from being an ice cube to being this mangy nasty evil snarly wicked tempered junkyard dog and it's like oh the fuck you're not going to read one of my poems you're not reading no that's my poem you know that 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 evil came out of me and it, and it, and I knew at that moment that I was going to do it even though I was terrified and the night before the performance it was I was sitting with a friend at a coffee shop and I was reading it you know he asked me what I was going to what I'd picked out to read and so I read it to him and you know he asked me he said he goes let me ask you something he goes when you wrote that poem did you do you think you just read that poem with the same emotion that you wrote it with and that kind of clicked inside my head, and it's something that I have never stopped working on, is that when you read a poem, I believe that you're basically, and I guess it's the difference between, you know, when there's there's poetry readings and there's poetry performances, and then there's, um, uh, you know, spoken word. There's, they're all three different things. But it's almost like you're writing, it's almost like your word's the director, your poem is the director, and your voice is yeah. the actor. You know, and you have to be able to convey with that emotion the exact same thing you felt when you were writing that poem. And if you get past the, I'm scared to talk, or, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I don't know if this is going to sound dumb or not, if we get past that mental block in our head, that's when things really start to change. That's when they really started to change for me when I just I, I mean I had to figure out my own rhythm I have to figure out my own rhythm to start the show every single week you know to get over that that lump for me and not everybody's like that but for me it was you know learning to I think learning to give the proper voice to the emotion in your words to not be afraid to go there to go where you were when you wrote it I think that's really good advice for anyone that does that reads their poetry no matter what form you use whether it's spoken word or performance poetry or just your poetry readings well, thank you. I take that to heart. And um, as I said, well, you did that very well a, tonight. You could really you. feel that it was palpable in your in your reading. It was beautiful. Thank you. I may not change too much of this. Um, I may just um, move a few things here and there, but uh, it came out better than I expected. It uh, just a sort of a, a skeleton, but uh, I think it may have fleshed itself out on its own. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And if you do do some changes with it or, or mix it up or something like that, I would love to hear it again. I would love to hear it, have you bring it back after you've played with it if you do. Happy to so to do. Thank you again, and I uh, hope to be um, next week for the big 1-5 to 15. And that's exciting. And that being said, uh, on to the next uh, next poet. Well, before you go, Jay, do you want to tell everyone how to find you, or are you going to gonna? Are you going to share anything? Well, as always, uh, uh, the Speakeasy Cafe has been tantalizing exclusive rights to all my genius. So there you have it. See, I I know you're going to say that. I know that that's what you're going to tell everybody. But there's that side of me that just loves hearing it, so I always have to ask. Well, someday there'll be a website where I'll put down um, put down some um, cyber roots, as it were. But for the moment, the uh, Speakeasy Cafe is my one and only spot to, to uh, walk up to the microphone. 
Well, we are so proud to have you as part of our family. Thank you so much, Jade. Thank you. And until next time. All right, hon. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. All right. Let's go ahead and I am going to we're going to do something here because I know Soldier Blue. Let's check and see if he's there yet. has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Eight three two six nine zero. Oh, we can't do la 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 la. Can't give out the number. Okay, so we are going to keep that handy, and we're going to try calling him back again until we get a hold of him. Let's go ahead and grab our next caller, which comes from area code 608. You are on the air. Hey, Fuzzy Hermit. In In the wilderness. The mountains, yes. (laughs) Fuzzy Hermit on the road. What's going on? I'm still here. Are you really? Yeah. Is it snowing yet? I tried to last night. Or this no, this morning. Is there snow on the buffaloes? I think there's a little bit. It mm-hmm. keeps melting. It's supposed to be like sixty over the weekend again. That's perfect weather. Yeah, so now I'm gonna leave next Wednesday. You need to just buy a house there. No one knows what we're talking about, but that's okay. We have like our secrets. <laughs> you should buy a house there. It's just going to have to happen. Yeah, I, I agree. Or, or just have them build you a year-round cabin on that spot. There you go. I actually met a guy, I think it was a month ago. He was just down here today or the day before. He, um, he's got all the tools to build one. He wants to build one himself. I do too. But property is just like super expensive. $30,000 an acre outside of Leadville. (laughs) Well, Colorado is spendy. Anywhere in Colorado is spendy. 
Well, so what have you been up to? Uh, what in your world has inspired your pen? What creative muses have flung across the landscape into your arms? Well, I have two pieces. Instagram said this first one's too long, so it won't post it. Cheap bastards. They don't tell <laughs> I was you just what gonna the say something like that, but I have cussed so much on this show tonight, seriously. And it's really yeah, bad well, and I feel bad. Yeah, just fucking A, you know. <laughs> oh, potty mouth. <laughs> potty mouth. I don't think I've ever uh, heard you cuss. That's so funny. <laughs> I I I do you know, while I was in the Navy, so But you are very gentlemanly. Thank you. You're welcome. So this one actually popped up um, as a Facebook reminder, so I was actually able to save it because I still haven't dug out my program that has all my writing on it because, you know, I'm just so late to the show with um, Fuckerberg deleting all the note stuff. Yeah. So I was happy, happy I found it. I'm really tickled. I've been seeing things like that come up on my thing, too, where, you know, 10 years ago today, you posted this in notes, and I can copy and paste it. Really? Yeah. Well, the only thing that's showing up for me is reminders of posts. This one was actually, I wrote this in 2010, and I guess Facebook's telling me I posted it in 2012. (laughs) So these both of these are kind of long. Uh, so I'll, I'll just start with this one uh, in honor of Veterans Day. This one's titled, Just Another Face in the Crowd. He is there in the crowd, although you probably will not notice him because he blends in and sometimes is like a chameleon. Within a heartbeat, he would take up arms to save anyone, although stealth is his way of life now. You see, when you sit in your warm home, he sits in his, wearing layers to protect him from the cold. When you sit in your air-conditioned home, he lays with a fan blowing on him, to prevent another occurrence of heat exhaustion. When you see your significant other, he sees only dreams, memories of what once was, and hopes of a future different from his present moment. When you take a warm shower, he ponders when he took one last, field showers being a way of life. When you eat a warm meal, he ponders when he ate one last, cold rations being the meal of the day. He ignores the taste, knowing it's calories to keep him going for another long mile. When you sleep, he is awake, like a sentry always on guard, and sometimes 
to protect himself from his nightmares. And when you make love, he dreams of a better future when he is no longer alone. When you complain about not having enough, he does not. Because through training and self-sacrifice, he has learned to live without. Without much heat, without air conditioning, without plumbing, without a significant other. When you climb the ladder of success, he has learned to sit in a hole. Patience of virtue, a path to redemption and a more peaceful future. If you ask him if he has enough, he will tell you he does because he has learned to live without so that others may live with more. If you ask him if he is okay, he will tell you he is, sometimes even when he is not. Because he has been beaten down, however, he has not been beaten and never will. His internal strength and self-reliance will not allow this. For as a warrior, he will not quit. He will not surrender. He will not give up the fight until his dying breath. You may wonder who this man is. All you need to know is he is a disabled veteran, proud of his service, proud of his country, proud to have had the opportunity to protect those in need. He will not ask you for help unless he really needs it because he now lives in the shadows, in the shadows of the trees, a shadow of the man he once was. End poem. Wow. You remember that one? I do. I do. I don't remember how much of you I saw in that poem as you were reading it. You know, you you always speak in general, but you know, I, I recognize so much of you, and it, and it made me sad. And then I'm listening to you read that, and I remember how it made me sad the first time I heard it. And then I think about how I feel when I talk to you now, 15 years later. Yeah. You know, it was we wrote that in 2010. So yeah, I mean, it was 11, or yeah, 11 years ago. Ten. Yeah. Ten. In ten, 11 years ago. But, you know, what a different place you're in now. Yeah. You know, and it makes me happy, you know. It's, it's you know, I used to always tell you all the time that I absolutely loved how your poems, you know, even no matter, even though you weren't afraid of addressing the dark, that you always ended them on a light note. You know, there was always hope. You always brought it back to the light, mm-hmm. no matter how dark you would take what was going on with some of the, the things that you've gone through in your life. And so then I talk to you now and I listen to you now and I hear some of the things you're writing now. And, you know, you're my friend. You're my, my real real person friend, you know. 
we talk for hours and hours and hours. Well, I, I'm glad know. to hear that I'm not a fake person, friend. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I know none of you know as a fake person. We're all real people on the other end. But you know, there's people who have their lives, and they'll call in, and they'll we talk on the show, and I love them dearly, and they share and all that stuff. You know, and then there's people that you have a life with outside of the circle. You know, no matter what circle you're in. I mean, there's people that, you know, I have in my circle of friends who are paleontologists, and then I have another circle, you know, people outside of this circle or outside of that circle. So that's what I'm talking about. You know, you are, you are, you know, never mind. Are you y'all know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all know what I'm trying are, to say. <laughs> are, are you woman? Are you woman splaining now? I am. I am. <laughs> Shush you. What's your next poem? Well, I haven't written anything for a few weeks. And I, I've said before on the show that I don't believe in, in writer's block. I mean, there's there's t- sometimes when I just don't write and sometimes... I feel a need to, but there's just nothing there. So I I love this phrase from when I was in uh, a halfway house, a counselor I had for Day Hospital, which was a, a group therapy three times a week. And he said, don't push the river. And so I don't. And although I stepped into the water today, because I was thinking, well, you know, I kind of like to write something because I hadn't been writing for a while, and quite a while. And uh, so then, uh, well, when I get into it, it's just like I'm this conduit, and it just starts flowing. And I can usually write things pretty fast. And once in a while when uh, I kind of go off the deep end, and uh, I may go back and edit some stuff because I rarely edit So um, this is what ended up coming out today. This one's titled Shared Within and Between Us. I don't know what it is about you. I feel drawn to you like I'm in your gravitational pull. As my thoughts drift back to when we met, to the dinners we shared, to the conversations we had, to the scenes creator created for us, of the clouds lit up by a setting sun, magnificent hues of yellow, orange, and magenta, I felt as if it was created just for us. And when I dream, I dream of you. My heart beats quicker. My breath shortens. My body temperature rises, among other things. And I have to, have to remind myself to breathe. The energy of your presence, the glow of your skin, the shyness and mystery in your eyes, the allure of your voice, 
the warmth of your soul, my desire to hold you in my arms, to caress your beautiful face and your silky skin, to engage in a dance, my arms around your waist, cheek to cheek, gently turning, slowly swing to a rhythm only we can hear. As I kiss your neck, you tilt your head back, exposing your willingness to surrender to your desires. As I ever so gently kiss your quivering lips, you lay back in my arms. We slowly glide towards the ground below, embraced in each other's arms. The symphonic movement Arms moving slowly but with a purpose. We both gasp for air as we pull at each other's clothing. We know where we are going. Fingers interlocked as our backs arch in unison. Our chests rise and fall together. We breathe as one. Our hearts beat as one as we embrace. I gently release you and you surrender further as I begin to explore your erogenous zones. Your breasts ache for a caressing touch as your nipples reach for the sky. Your belly rises and falls as I gently place kiss upon kiss not to be neglected. The little man in the boat quickly stands erect, screaming, Save me! Save me! How could I refuse this sensual rescue? My lips pursed, tongue at the ready. I hover over the swollen and throbbing waves. With impeccable timing, I meet each swell in pursuit of the screams. Shifting slowly, I use my fingertip to perform a soft yet vigorous CPR. Gasping for air, I slide between the waves in search of his shipmate named G-Spot. With a slow, curling, come-hither motion, I can feel G-Spot beckon for more as I gently coax an awakening. I feel the ocean swells gathering. A soft moan gives way. The earth begins to tremble as seismic waves ripple with intensity. Rhythmic gyrations give way as a tidal wave forms. And as it crashes, I am awash in a sea of tranquility. Arms and legs now intertwined, you welcome me into your gate of warmth and wonder. We both moan in ecstasy as we exchange, engage in Kama Sutra. Mm-hmm. 
engulfed in a radiant warmth. Kundalini rises in and through us, and together we experience bliss. End poem. I am so pissed at you right now. <laughs> First of all, there the hell goes our ratings. <laughs> and second of all, you know when I was talking about the whole, you know, you're the whole real person thing, not fake and all that. You know what I meant yeah. by that was I know you outside the computer world. You and I are friends who have met face to face. You know, we've had real life interactions. We see each other, we talk on the phone, things like that. You know, I've met you before, so you're not somebody just from the computer. You are somebody who I interact with in my real life. And I am never going to be able to see you again without picturing your penis with a little sailor hat on it in a little boat going, yo-ho, yo-ho. I want you to know that. I want you to know that. Put that in your soul, that every time I look at you from now on, that's what I'm going to be picturing. Thank you very much. Just, Just so you know. So next time I see you and I walk up, hi, James, that's what I'm seeing. Just know, okay? I guess I'll have to go get my Dixie cup out of the trunk. <laughs> that, folks, I is do, the power I, of poetry. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. Oh, I went to hell in a handbasket on that one. <laughs> they won't. They, they're, the, rate, the ratings people won't listen this long. We'll be okay, right? We'll be okay. Well, so, I, 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 I didn't cross stop. the line, did I? You said nipples and stuff. Them. Oh well, maybe one word. <laughs> wow. Just say like, like pokey protruding bits. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, too funny. I'll have to come up with a code word then. <laughs> Castles? Uh, no, I don't know. You know, I had one time somebody read a poem, and it was like, you know, I, I know they're, they're, they, I, just, it was a long, 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 long time ago. It wasn't one of our poets, so I can say this freely. But, you know, they, they, were, they wrote an erotic poem, and they were talking about, and as I came into your cavern, it's like never, ever, ever in the history of everness is it okay to call a woman's body part a cavern? <laughs> ever, dudes? Just so you know. Oh my well, gosh! All right, James. Maybe, maybe that's what maybe that's what he experienced once. <laughs> Craziness. All yeah. right, do me a favor. Tell everyone how to find you. We got people waiting on line behind us that are going to be yelling at me any moment now. You can find me uh, by typing in "poetry in the wind" as one word, no spaces, and put it in Facebook, that's where you can find me. And if you're interested in reading some older stuff, you can find them in a book entitled Held, A Fusion of Brilliance, Volume 2, which is available on Amazon, the international anthology of writers from Canada, the UK, and the US. And it has some cool art in it, too. 
Art and uh, art, picture, art and words. What a concept! Beautiful. All right, my darling. Great job. Thank you. Anchors away, son. I'll talk to you next week for the anniversary <laughs> show. <laughs> Anchors away. <laughs> Bye, James. <laughs> Thank you, Nyla. Talk to you soon. Okay. <laughs> oh, too funny. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to call him later and just really give him shit over that. All right. Awesome. Fuzzy Hermit in the wilderness. James. Great to hear from him. Have not heard from him in a while. Let's go ahead and grab. I'm gonna go ahead and give the next caller so you can have an idea. We have five zero six by five eight five and then eight one five. But before we do that, just so I can say that we've done it and we didn't, I'm going to go ahead and try to get Soldier Blue back on. Here we go. To an automatic voice message system. Okay, Eight, three, fine. Two, six, That's nine. just fine, fine, fine. <sighs> I have to talk so it doesn't say the number out loud. All right, so let's go ahead and we may try him again in just a bit. I don't know if he's sleeping or if he had us on hold or just forgot. I don't know. But now I'm on a mission. Okay, next caller, area code 506, you are on the air. Hello, it's Lady A. Hey, Lady A, how are you, sweetheart? I'm good, thanks. And I just want to say that I totally loved those last two poems. I put a note in the discussion on the event page about them, but I thought it was entirely romantic, that last one, very sensual, of course. And it was hilarious, the comments that you made afterwards. I thought it was beautiful poetry, though. I really loved them both very it, it much. It was beautiful. But, you know, when you, it's it's different when you're hearing someone you know. Perhaps. You know, I mean, this, this, we, we've gone camping together. I'm the mother of his fur baby. He has my wolf dog. He's seen me pee in the woods. I mean, this is a good friend now, <laughs> you know. I mean, we're, we we are good friends, and you know, so that it's, it's like hearing your mom read read uh, is it's like, dude, you know. <laughs> I thought it was gorgeous. It's, it's got a sailor hat on now. <laughs> I love it. Yes, it was very beautiful. It was beautifully written. Yes, it was. Yes, it was stunning, actually. Yes, I know I'll what you're sure saying, though. Sees that comment. Yeah, I I. What did he say? His name was to find him under. In fa- on Facebook, uh, Poetry in the Wind? Yes, yeah. Okay. I'd love to read some of his other stuff. I thought they were gorgeous poems, really, really beautiful. I can. Are you in the chat room? Um, I in the, Yeah, well, I was, yeah. I can put I am, the link yeah, to his page I'm in there. there now. Okay, I can put, I'll put the link to his page in the chat room for you. Okay, great, thanks. All right. So... What are you, have you been up to? What do you have? I have a, a, 
I have a, a sad poem. I wrote it about five or six days ago. Um, and uh, I write mm, often. I write almost daily. Um, and I, I'm like as a previous caller. I, I don't believe in writer's block. If I have something to write, I write. If I don't, I don't. I don't stress over it or I don't try to force myself to write if I don't have anything to say. And I base most of my writing on my own experiences in life and that sort of thing. So, you know, and we all have our struggles, but this poem is quite meaningful to me, and uh, it's called When I'm Gone. When I'm gone, will you wonder why we, are, we were not friends? Will you regret your anger and resentment? Will you finally see the love I have for you? When I'm gone, will you shed tears for what might have been? When I'm gone, will you realize I gave my heart to you? Will you know how happy I was when you were under the same roof? Will you want to hug me and kiss my cheek because you miss me? When I'm gone, will you feel my love in the air you breathe? When I'm gone, will you think of how things could have been? Will you see things clearly and realize you really did love me? Will you long to have one more try to be friends before I die? When I'm gone, what will your thoughts be as you sit alone? When I'm gone, what memories will you hold dear? Will you dream of what could have been and wonder why? Will you count the days to eternity when I wait for where I wait for you? When I'm gone, will you remember? When I am gone, will you remember summer? Will you remember being queen of the beach? Will you remember how proud I was when you graduated? When I'm gone, will you remember how beautiful you are? When I am gone, will you think of coming home with your baby? And will you think about how nervous you were, how mom helped? Will you remember that Mother's Day and what a big hug meant? When I am gone, will you long to put your arms around me again? When I am gone, will you wish for one more day? Will you think of how we laughed and cried and loved? Will you think of word games, roast beef dinners, and love? When I am gone, will you wrap your gifts like Mom did? When I am gone. And poem. Wow, that was incredible. Thanks. That was incredible. Hard, you know, when kids grow up and grow away and yeah, things were different. I felt that way all the way in my gut. Yeah. Oh, that was kind of heavy duty. <laughs> Are you going to read two tonight, my darling? Yes, I have another one that is called I Love It When. I love it when you touch me with your fingertips, when you kiss me with your tender lips. I love it when our bodies touch skin to skin, when our love connects us, our souls twinned. I love it when your letters come like clouds open for the sun, when your words of love are gold spun. 
I love it when you call my name. Into my ear sets me aflame. When you breathe upon my neck, thrills me. I am tamed. I love it when I miss you. Return to me, we are renewed. When you watch me sleep, awaken to your quietude. I love it when you love me. Give all of you to me. When I feel that love envelop me. Oh, how I love thee. And peace. That was beautiful. Beautiful and tender. Thank you. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Well, there's romance in the air, man. <laughs> I'm going to go watch a Disney movie or something. <laughs> All right, my darling girl, do me a favor and tell everybody how they can come find you because they should. Um, you can find me on um, uh, the All Poetry site uh, under the group A Team of Voices. Uh, as Lady A, and on Facebook as uh, Andrea Wheaton. Perfect. All right, sweetheart, appreciate you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing both of those. Thank you very much. You're welcome. We'll talk to you next week? Yes, thank you. All right, thank you. All right, our next caller comes from area code 585. 585, you're on the air. Well, hello. Hi. Furry here. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing awesome. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm getting a kick out of you and your guests. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's uh, been a fun night, for sure. Free form. Uh, uh, um, you know, I, I realize that it's... Uh, I don't know, everybody's celebrating uh, uh, Veterans Day. And, um, you know, all the best to all the fellas and women who had that experience. Some volunteered, some didn't. So anyway, um, the fact that I only thought about it after I heard people talk about it, it tells me that I kind of achieved what, what I thought I was going to achieve way back in the 1960s. I finally kind of dropped out, not to let people tell me what's a holy day and when to celebrate mm-hmm. people for who they are, what they've done. But I find that when it comes to people who've been in the armed forces and had to, had to endure the things they had to endure, just on my own, they come to my mind from time to time, and I've written a couple of poems about them. Uh, this is in the form of a haiku. Um, I don't know if everyone knows. I'm from New York City, and it comes through in this poem. It's called A Warrior's Pension. Very brief poem. Harlem dope, two bucks. Fresh bandages once a week. Got dead now. Damn, God. And poem. I love that. But I, I don't know when you thought it was going to be okay to ever come to the show and read something that short. So you better have a couple more than that. Well, I've got more than that, but that's all that one <laughs> That's you know, what you, all that one needed. That was awesome. 
you would see people come back with the remnants of uh, of their time, you know. Some didn't come, some came back in body bags, some came back with needles in their arms. Yeah. But uh, some of them came we back. We never got talking. back the boys we sent, and that's a fact. And you know, Nam just happens to be the period that relates more to when I was coming of age, but every generation unfortunately has this. Uh when it comes to Vietnam, it was a moment in I'm gonna think it was nineteen sixty eight or nine that American troops were ambushed in a place called Play Trap. Uh, I had found online an artist rendering of a rotting skeleton in a uniform. Eyes barely still there, bones clinging uh, with rotten uniform clinging to it. And it made me write this poem called Play Trap Hero. Killed no babies but his own youth. Disease of napalm, rotting of Agent Orange. He lay stinking, the smell of death, pubescent whores, and a multitude of lies all about him. Smelling foul, he stayed behind, neath a canopy, alone and forgotten, in a remote rainforest. MIA is 1969. And Paul. Wow. You seriously are an incredibly powerful pen, my dear. Just the way the thoughts have come to me. I would like, yeah, you know, especially because, you know, people say there, but for the grace of God, okay. Yeah, I got. I went to school and got myself, if any, any of the people are in that age range, I just turned 70 years old last year. Anyone in that age range might remember there were certain ways that you got out of going to, to Vietnam. One of them was going away to college or going or being a full-time student, and you got what was a 2S, 2S like Sam, student deferment. So I got me a 2S, and I didn't wind up carrying a rifle six months after I graduated from, from high school. And, you know, so it affected me in that regard. I didn't have true... Um, discretion over what I was going to do next. First thing I had to do was not do that. And so I don't know if I had, I don't know if I would have gone directly to college or at all. I was a baseball player. I think I would have gone out south and tried to play a lot. But um, because the war was raging, you had to have a place to, to hide if you weren't going to be home. Some people felt like they should be gone home and let them go. But uh, there were a lot of other people who, you know, like Viet, like uh, Ali has said, ain't no Viet Cong ever called me nigger. Ain't had no reason to go there and shoot some people. So some some of us felt that way, but you had to find a legal legal way to hide. And that two S deferment was what was what it was for a lot of people. Uh, I had one other thing that was really kind of short, if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, this was. Something that, as the pandemic looked like, might wind down. You know, you have people at that time that you might have all kinds of relationships with over the past six, eight, ten months without seeing them. 
even romantic relationships, but you're not in the same room or even close to being able to touch each other. This is called End of Times. I don't want to flock to a beach, throw money over a crowded bar, lean upside some smooth-bodied babe, puff and grunt and do five more reps, but to lean down in your pretty face, Must your hair with my fingertips. Watch your eyelids flutter close. Use my tongue between your lips. Find myself all up in your business. Now that's my do. Yeah, that. We'll end this quarantine. Wow. Absolutely phenomenal. (laughs) <laughs> you laugh <laughs> Many moves <laughs> uh, I love being here <laughs> Well we love having you here That is for sure I get to, Yeah I get to hear all the fantastic poems, Poets and poems And um, Get to hear Lady A And you and your friend there. That was quite a discussion the two of you were having. So uh, I could be doing a lot of other things on a Thursday night, but in doing that, I wouldn't get this. So there have to be. Yeah. Some, so many visuals you can just never forget now, right? Oh, boy. <laughs> but that's the staying power of, good, of, of words put together well. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy oh, too it. Too funny. You know, there's a there's a piece I wrote um, that I read. I'll be reading it at the end of the show, so I'm going to close the show with tonight. Um, that was written in response to a poem by William Stafford, who was a conscientious, conscientious object objector in uh, during the war and during World War II, which was a horrible time to be. You know, that was such an emotional war. Um, yeah. But I'm going to read at the end of this. It's in a response to a piece that he wrote. Um, I think that you might like it. Let me send you a copy of it to read. Great. Great. I hope you enjoy it. All right, baby, tell everyone how to find you. Yes, I am. Douglas Curry on Facebook and on uh, allpoetry.com. Manchild, M-A-H-I-L-D, 99 on allpoetry.com. If you, even if you, for some reason, are not looking for me, I still invite you to come to All Poetry. It's a good place to read poetry and have yours read as well. Good place to write to prompts and contests and you know, just keep your mind in the game if that's something. Uh, you know, some people, I've heard the expression writer's cramp thrown, thrown back and forth a couple of times here. It's not necessarily writer's cramp. Sometimes people just can't find which of the myriad emotions they have running around inside them to let out in what way. Uh, So sometimes a prompt, a group exercise, a contest that you, you know, not be so invested but just apply the skill and you'll feel the the inspiration come on. Or at least that's how it's been for me at times. So, So all poetry is a good place to be. I don't know if I should be giving a whole big commercial right here, but 
But uh, it's only because I'd like to see any people from here and there. I think that's. I think it's really good to share those things. We, I mean, that's part of the networking. That's part of the community. So very cool. I appreciate it. Thank you. Righty then. Thank you, dear. All right. We'll talk to you next week for the anniversary show. Absolutely. Very cool. All right, hon. Thank you. All right. Our next caller, you guys, comes from area code. Ah, stop. I am just having too much fun with this board tonight, let me tell you. All right, our next caller, it looks like our last caller of the evening, unless we get our board back up. We'll see. We'll see if I can even unmute this person. 815, you are on the air. Kiss your sister, Gina Storm. Gina, my love, my sister, my darling, I have missed you. Oh, God, my heart's so full. I'm going to explode. Pop, I'm done. Hi. This is a beautiful day for me. 11-11 is the day that my stepfather died nine years ago, and, and I'm, even though I'm not mourning his loss, I'm saluting his life. Um, I had a stepdaughter who later became the big sister to my grandchildren. I know that sounds like Jerry Springer, but it's true. Um, <laughs> whose birthday is today. She's 18, as well as um, I was seeing it all the time, so I post 11-11 in the morning and at night. And people who don't see my post will post it for me and tag me to it. So I think that that's dope. So Veterans Day for me is amazing. I did a collab with King's Cadence before he passed away. Um, this piece was dated November 11, 2018, and I'd like to read both parts, his and mine. That can be my two pieces to end the show. Oh, please do, please, please. All right. It's titled, Well Done, Soldier, by King's Cadence and Tina Storm, also known as Storm's Cadence. Keep your home life in order, avoiding the street normals for respect. And you are seeking an acceptance that would be formal, wanting to be more than a statistic. You chose to keep your country Uplifted, who camps to combat each stage? You learn pride and respect inside of your body rose. And there was a fire inside of you that came out to the surface. It was more than a fight, a togetherness. It was an activist. All of the commanding officers and soldiers, sailors and airmen who fought next to you were there for you. And it was more than life. On distant lands, far and wide, fear at times burned inside, but courage helps your service. Even on days when you are nervous, you worked it with, I wanted to take this moment. And if you feel unappreciated, let it console you. You're amazing, as I told you. Well done, soldier. That was from Randy Sinclair Rogers, a.k.a. King's Cadence. This was my response. He recorded it. It was a freestyle. So I'm going to read it. I recall the previous weight loss when I saw you that first time at your graduation. You had a haircut that was high and tight. Your uniform was creased and boots shining bright. I was consumed by pride, my heart busting wide, smile ridiculous and filled with love for my soldier. It was unmatched because that soldier is mine. I would see my then husband and my brother, cousins, and other friends 
who had gone into service. They were complete basic training also, each looking like you, military trained and brand new. I was overcome with emotion all over again, each one so buttoned up and handsome, waving a tiny American flag. My eyes were shielded from the sun by my big floppy hat and my shades. One time with my sister, I drove all night to Georgia for another graduation for a brother that was hers. She, the next year, went to the Marine Corps, and I did it again, from graduation to basic training in AIT, feeling excited with each one being more fun than the last one was previously. I am proud of each member of my Armed Forces family. All of those that are kin, the one who are just friends, and some that I met, they're part of my poetry family, and they also were in service to my country. I'm proud of each of you, and I want to salute you. I did this collaboration with the man that I was tethered to. He was going to be my last first kiss and my next husband, but he passed away. So on this day, when veterans are being saluted, I wanted you all to hear this for me. Even though he's absent, I read his part previously. But this is just a salute from him to me, to all of thee, but not exclusively to all the ladies and gentlemen who have served who are veterans. I want to give you this thank you that you deserve for the men and women and the children who are the family members of those who are in service. Please understand that your voice is always heard. We're here for you, salute you, and all that you do. Veterans Day is not just a holiday. It's near and dear to my heart, too. I'm Dina Storm. Thank you for indulging me. It was a collab that I had to do solo in peace. That absolutely was amazing. Almost made me cry, Gina. I did. It was beautiful. You know what? (laughs) Actually, when I was reading Randy's part, I could hear his voice in my head. I could, too. I could hear him yeah, right there beside you. The yes, absolutely. I, I told him that as long as I lived, he would be alive. And he said, likewise. So here I am representing us. I, I, actually, know, I scoured the I, Internet I feel like and pirated every recording Snyder. I could find of his. I, I, do. I went on I, I, I feel like every way. Gary right now. Absolutely. He will never die because I'm still alive. So even though he didn't get to be my forever, he was a real love. And demonstrated Isn't that he to your me. forever, though? Homage to yes, absolutely. I mean, really, isn't he? He is. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I, I was feeling that power today because I remember when I was thinking about my stepdad this morning, I was thinking how much he would have loved to have met Randy because King's Cadence was not just a phenomenal poet. He was an interesting individual who had a vast knowledge of lots of things that are obscure. I told him that's why I wouldn't play Jeopardy with him because I didn't want him to win. (laughs) I know, right? I hate people like that. Look, I'm the champion in my family. I can't play you. Yeah, no, no. You know, I had a, a boyfriend break up with me one time. And actually not really break up. We just decided to stop seeing each other. So it wasn't like a real breakup because it was much too logical for that. But his reason was because I wasn't smart enough for him. Oh, wow. Isn't that terrible? Now, I have to throw in there that this was like one of my favorite boyfriends I ever went out with who had Asperger's. So he had a a, above genius IQ. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so he, he would was, say stuff, yeah. and I would just look at him like I was three years old, and I would have no clue you what he was talking about. He was the so brain. I was Indeed. not. 
smart enough for him because he was an absolute oh. flipping genius. You oh, can't so, compete but, with that. So I, I, you know, I, I I I, all I could say was, dude, I get it. <laughs> I Do get you? It. <laughs> Have a good one, sweetie. I'll never Bye-bye. be smart Bye-bye enough. Bye-bye now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you're I talking about dearly. that, and I remember being in relationships where I had to dumb down my conversation or explain yeah. myself. Or I had yeah. to justify why I was using um, big ticket words, and my thought was this, I'm a but you don't have language? Is your vocabulary limited? Oh, <laughs> see, we're not the same. So um, poetically, I was evenly yoked with King's Cadence, and he, it was his idea that we do that tribute to veterans, and I will do it for the rest of my life. That I I appreciate that. And the same here. You know, we, we've got all of his stuff uploaded on the show. Oh, wait. Anniversary is next weekend. I What's will that? be here. Yes, anniversary of Speakeasy Cafe. Yeah, I'll be here. You know what? Nothing but death will keep me from it, even if I'm late, because I had <laughs> four mics, four mics tonight. I'm on two phones simultaneously. I raised my hand here and let my hand left it down at the next mic because I did two already. I co-hosted <laughs> this morning, then I did an improv open mic, and now I'm here, sis. You know how I do. I don't have anybody in the poetry Uber, but yeah, I've been getting my mics in. Um, I love I'm it. Back. I, I have my grandchildren this morning. They invigorate me. That's why I'm here. You okay, sound so I'm really good. You sound really, really good, I'm, and that makes me so happy because oh, I've been I so worried. Am amazing. Thank you, sis. And you know what? <laughs> I love that you can hear it because I was kind of down earlier, and somebody said, "What's wrong?" You know what I was thinking? You can hear it. Wow. I was trying to hide it. When people know you, they know you. So the they fact that you. you said that, you know me. And that's my sister, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm Gina with the knee, storm like inclement weather, but I'm sunshine on a rainy day. You can find me anywhere that you can find poetry. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, Clubhouse. Yeah, I'm doing it. Mike's are my <laughs> jam. I love poetry and I love poets and I love my sister Nyla, and that's why I'm here. And I can't wait till next week. <laughs> I love you too, baby girl. Thank you so much. I love you. You're welcome. Good night. All right. Night. All right. Let's go ahead and grab I think that we have I think this I'm not gonna say I think it's Uma. I think it's Uma. Shh, I might be wrong. Eight six three, you're on the air. Oh, this is Maureen. 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 I thought I had Uma on, too. I love you so much. I love you, Uma. Hmm, 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 so you know how I always have everything written down? I always write everything down in case someone's call drops. And Uma was yes. actually on the line and before you, so I knew Uma was going to be next, but then her call must have dropped because you're next. So okay. I don't know where Uma went. Wow. So it's your wow. turn. Hi, Noreen. Or yeah, I would have warned you ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> 
and and I I was going to call in earlier, but I was looking for a poem I was going to read this today, but um I can't I couldn't find it, but I'll find it. It's one of my darker poems I wrote years and years ago before I met Gary, but it's one of my darker poems. But um, I'll find it one day. I know I have it here. I would be interested in hearing that because I don't know if I've heard any dark poems from you. This is about. Uh, this is the title. is called the um, um, death took another soul once again. Yeah, I find it. I would suicide. like to hear it. Okay, I'll find it. I think I know where it's at. It's in my other older notebooks, and it's over there, and it's in the box. So it's in the living room. I'll 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 get it out in this week, and um, and I'll read it next week. Okay. Okay. Next week it, is it, our it, anniversary show. I'm so excited. Did you know? Yes, I am too. <laughs> yep. Very excited. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you have for us tonight, Noreen? Okay, and um, this is—I found something different of Gary's. It was—I um, know I haven't read it yet, but he wrote—he he wrote down. He read it on September the twenty-ninth, two thousand eleven. Okay. Okay, and um, he doesn't have a title for it. Okay, um, coward, cowardness and weaknesses are not pillars of society. Through the throes and rows of time, all things change. The securities we have and we bear in mind all get disrupted now and then one more time. The end. Uh-huh. I love it. Me too. Yes. Absolutely love it. And which one of yours are you going to share, honey? Okay, called um, Winter. Okay. okay. I leave a bare life, no secrets. I stripped away all the fancy stuff. Just bare trees and bare branches. The forests are bare. I am winter. If you don't like the nakedness, I will cover up with a blanket of snow and ice. I am winter. The end. <laughs> I love that one. Well, thank you. There's a, a piece that I wrote a long time ago, and it's about a, a tree losing its leaves in the fall and going into winter and having bare branches. Yes. And when you get to the end of it, you realize that I'm not talking about a tree. I'm talking about a woman growing older. And the ending line is is um, something like, I've never minded standing naked in the wind. You know, the wow. tree standing there, standing there, just bare branches, no leaves, you know, or, you know, an older woman standing there unashamed, naked in the wind. You know, and that was the last line. But your poem made me think about that one. It's just, wow. I loved it. I loved it. That was awesome. Okay, thank you. And and um, can I read another one? Okay, yep, this is called okay, called spring. Okay, um, I have magical powers. I bring new growth to the trees and to the flowers. I bring warmth to nature. I give the birds a reason to sing and to be happy. I give the forest a reason to feel beautiful. I have magical powers for a while. There is hope. I am spring. I'll put a smile on your face. I'll make you sing and be happy. The end. Oh, I love it. That was beautiful. Well, thank you. And this poem in the spring, I don't know if it's still in the school system in Arkansas or Arizona, because when WikiNet was still there, WikiNet.com, well, this person, um, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, um, um, contacted me, wanted to know if they could put this in their um 
in the school system to teach the kids. I think it was a, um, a, uh, the middle school, or I'm not sure, it's to teach a, the, a poetry on personification. And I gave that person um, a, um, the permission to do it. But when I went That's to get cool. back with that, that is, when I went to get back to with that person, well, I was trying to find that that person and get in touch with that, with them or her. But um, then looking that is gone now. So, because mm, I was going to see if it's still there. That would be cool. That is awesome. Yes. A great honor. Yes, it is. All right, is. Noreen, my love. Tell everyone how they can come over and hug and kiss on you and Gary. Okay. You can find Metaphorically. us on Okay, I know. <laughs> okay. You can okay. And you can you can find us on um Amazon dot com. Um all of our books are on there. Okay. And um you can um find us on our official website, um Gary and with two R's, Gary and Noreen Schneider dot Wix dot com front slash poetry and you can find um okay and Gary on reverbnation dot com um poetry poem dot com and facebook dot com and then you can find me on um oh um okay um facebook dot com uh reverbnation dot com and poetry poem dot com and you can also um you can find us on um, ko-fi.com, front slash uh, Gary and Noreen. And we, I got I got a shop there, all my books and um, um, uh, Christmas, all kinds of greeting cards and um, magnets. And I will be doing um, stickers and soon. And then I also got, um, I have a, a commission up there too and a membership tier from $3.00. All the way up to twenty-five dollars. Okay, and then you can find us on um, Saturday night, um, Saturday evening, at five thirty Eastern time, um, at the Facebook Live with the Poetry Club. Yes, you can make sure you can. And post I'm that also, on my we, we also, oh, we also Google Bo and Google Bo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am, you are. <laughs> yes, I love it. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you next week for the anniversary show. Thank you, Noreen. Okay, okay you're welcome. Okay. Good night, honey. Okay. You have a good night. Thank you. Okay. All right, everyone. I have a piece that I read every Veterans Day. It's kind of turned into tradition with uh, one sapien and I. But it's a, a piece that is, it's my uh, Veterans Day piece that I wrote called Their Happy Endings. And it is a poem in response to Allegiances, which was written by an Oregon poet named William Stafford. It goes, The climate of the season changed. All the heroes were called home, left to relocate themselves in the real things they can only live by. Old bards in taverns on street corners wearing tattered armor paint tales with orange tongues for those who point, who laugh, but never look, turning their backs for the safety of common things. Elves, goblins, trolls, our monsters, easier believed in storybooks because there it's all make-believed and we're free 
to close the cover. It's easier to swallow that happy ending, easier than listening to that insane wind whining in the traveler's ears, the name spiders weave in webs, reminding us not all the heroes have come home. So there you go. And I'm going to close the show, you guys, with a piece by Seb, and it is called Cat's Got the Whooping Cough and the Dog's Got the Flu. Look forward to next week for our anniversary show. Love you guys dearly, and we will see you then. Good night, everybody. Well, uh, howdy there. I, I ain't never uh, done this before. I ain't never been on no radio show. So uh, if I, I don't do this right, um, uh, I hope you'll be kind and forgiving unto me. I have to warn you, there are a couple of cuss words that will be coming up in the piece that, that I'm about to perform. Uh, that piece dates from uh, 2009, and uh, I would describe it as then being an assessment of the American condition at the, at the moment and my position within that, coming out of eight years of the disastrous Bush administration and hitting that point where the Noran realization that uh, President Obama was neither going to be the man nor the solution that he purported himself to be. And uh, four years on, I'm feeling fully justified in making that assessment at the time. Uh, the piece itself is a, a recontextualization or a modern retelling or whatever you want to call it of a, a piece from 1932, first, first performed by the great blind Willie Mactel, called the, the Scary Day Blues. And uh, we live in some scary days these days, so I imagine people will understand how I'm trying to show these, these old guys they saw things and they understood things and they were able to say things that had an almost eternal value um, rather than just being novelties representative of their times. It was genuine poetry, genuine folk language which uh, still exists and is still relevant today and, and has not been better and not been superseded by anything that we're, we're creating at the moment. And the piece is called uh, The Cat's Got the Hooping Cough and the Dog's Got the Flu. Big 80 left Savannah Lord going off to California. Can't live them Georgia laws. All he found at first was moonshine and circumstances. Post-industrial Dionysian idiots without potable water or arable land. Masons gathering in the roadside, each of them digging ditches. Each of them digging with the ace of spades, exploring the balance between hats and masks and crowns. All the pimps ride motorcycles, they cluster in the desert coming out of primer colored sunsets, each wearing a red tie or sky blue dependent on gang affiliations. Killing our prophets, imprisoning our sanest heretics, getting high on self-shared victimization. But then, 115 miles of Sonora Desert Highway, big sur of flame and molten golden sunset red letter days. Must have been something to see, a glory in their pomp. But he shrugged his shoulders and made a deal, saying, Hell is full of fortune tellers and recidivist Democrats. Heaven is full of blank checks and statues, and the cat's got the whooping cough, and the dog's got the flu. American beauty is moral high-handedness, seduction and magic and the secret handshake, dupes and patsies, backbiters and syndicators, the lunatic and the fool, feats of clay, hands like jars, pay through the nose to spite your face, harsh woman bleeding and the rattling of their tongues, pawn your sod, 
Tanya Chain, I fucked every woman in the Hampton Hotel. Every one of them gave birth to a redhead child. Loaning money for interest and collecting the debt in flesh and bone. How is this unjust? We tolerate the despicable and cast statues of the depraved. You'll spend a dollar like you do a dime. The rooster chews tobacco and the hen dips snuff. Silence. Cupidity. Manifest destiny. John saw the number, but he never learned to read. Reprobate men in ten-cent hats. Sloppy drunk and sermonizing. No apologies. No stated reparations. All kinds of reprehensible double talk. If the good lord's willing and the creeks don't arise, hit the lights and pass the ammunition. Infamy on the counterpane, the landscape of cultural revisionism. Liberty? That's a conjurer's stunt. Freedom? It's just another word for when you don't got nothing left to lose when the cat's got the hoop and cough and the dog's got the flu. I got married once to a four-square girl, a Christian woman of unimpeachable reputation, who was herself married to another man, a fire-breathing, hall-beheading prophet of God. Things were good between us for a year or two. She used to give me hand jobs in the gravel parking lot behind the Unitarian Church. I used to run errands and fix radios for her. Until one day, she hitched up her shirt and showed me a nation sack. She said, you're going to the boneyard, boy, and you ain't coming back. I cried, larks of mercy. I was blind in one ear and totally deaf in my nose. She threw the dice and stuffed them in my bedclothes. I said, I love you, but my ears are full of poison. I came seeking the moon, but I found only a flower garden. I fell asleep, and now I'm dead. What more is there to say? I know your salty new lover, Fat Mouth Sam, a rounder and a grinder who sold all his poetry for a bucket of beer. I seen you unfold for him like a butterfly, naked in your kitchen, and I ain't faced. He's just as dead as I am, and I'm the best-dressed man in this graveyard, baby. There ain't no one needs to shine my shoes for the cat's got the whooping cough, and the dog's got the flu. We yearn for a pragmatic mesmerist, a thrower of flowers, a balcony manipulator, one hand on the table, the other on the abortionist's hook. But while we get his mountebanks and collared cuffs speaking of hand jive, Billy E. Collars, Greased Manners, Impompadors, Kings, while we get a Mustangs when we hunger for Buicks, while we get a Kid Gloves when we plain the clay walking boots. So you spend all your salt, you pay your taxes, you're a modern individual, cold in hand, deep in the policy game, modern conscious plus white man's burden is a brand new state. Chain, while we get his instruction to the witless, not eyesight to the blind, judges are dissemblers who are constantly on the make. Fraud is the only insurance. Ambiguity is the currency of the afterlife. The truly righteous man will not shiver when he wears his own skin. He kills New Deal Democrats on sight and strikes his bargain with an agrarian handshake. The last righteous man comes running from Foggy Bottom up to Capitol Hill, hollering, the hurricane is coming, the hurricane is coming. Unloose a helicopter, lash down the women folks, gas up the terraplane, America is shaken. Any man who claims right without resuming responsibilities is a scoundrel, a fish-shaking televangelist forever shall agree. Anyone who says live free or die should be made to do so. But this man is not president. This man is not under Secretary of Agriculture. This man is not the editor of the Washington Post. The righteous man has no voice in the Washington Post, in the Huffington Post, or on Fox News, and yet the cat's got the hoop and cough, and the dog's got the flu.